Quarantine, and welcome to Dawson's Critique. I'm Erin Hensley. And I'm Julia Callahan, and we are two former college roommates and current BFFs who have loved Dawson's Creek since episode one first aired on the WB all those years ago. Join us for this spoiler-free podcast as we break down one episode every week. We'll reminisce about our memories of the show and tell you stories about how Dawson's Creek defined our generation. Today, we discuss Season 3, Episode 6, Secrets and Lies. (laughs) Okay, this one was written by Greg Berlanti and Alex Ganza, who was the showrunner of this show at this point. Um, He was the showrunner for a very short time uh, in Season 3, and... um, he pretty openly despised Dawson's Creek, uh, the show, and was pretty pissed that he was on it. So, you know, not great. I read that in Jeff Stepakoff's book. Um, he came over after that he worked on the X-Files. Uh-huh. Uh, so he wasn't really in the teen drama, but um, as Jeff writes in his book, they backed up a Brinks truck uh, to him and asked him to come write for dawson's creek and i believe he lasted approximately eight episodes um on this show and then they continued to pay him so hmm. um and uh i will tell you that alex is the creator and show the co-creator and showrunner now of homeland on showtime oh okay um and uh so this this episode was directed by greg prange uh it originally aired on november 10th 1999 Okay. The description from Wikipedia. Dawson struggles with whether or not to tell Jen the truth about Eve, who has by now left town. Nope, that doesn't. Okay, I was like, oh my God, I didn't watch the right episode. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) Later, his mother returns to Capeside, but it isn't initially clear why. Jen is reluctant to plan a big homecoming event, but is persuaded to get involved by Henry, who is friends with the host of the event. She repays him by asking him to be her date to the party, but later disappoints him when she rejects his advances. Dawson also attends the event as an escort for his mother, a former homecoming queen, and accidentally discovers that she is having career difficulties. Andy accuses Joey of sabotaging her chances of a reunion with Pacey, but the two girls end up bonding when Andy realizes that Joey is not to blame. All right. It's pretty Dawson heavy, even though he's not really in the episode. He's almost, he's not in the episode almost at all. Also, the thing about him trying to figure out if he's going to tell Jen about Eve is just like, straight up does not happen. I know. I was like, oh my God. I'll watch the right episode. (laughs) Um, Okay. My histories, mysteries. On November 6th, 1999, the Australians defeat a referendum proposing the replacement of the Queen and Governor General with a president to make Australia a republic. Mm. So it stays a commonwealth. commonwealth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On November 12th, 1999, the 7.2 Duska earthquake, and I am so sorry for anyone who knows Turkish, I m- absolutely just massacred that word. Um, <laughs> Short shakes northwestern Turkey, seven point two. That is big. Oh my um, gosh, that's huge. At least eight eight hundred and forty five people were killed and almost five thousand injured. Um, wow. yeah, that was a big one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Number one movie at the box office is The Bone Collector, starring uh, Denzel. Yeah, and Angelina Jolie. I never Denzel. saw that one. I have not seen it either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number one song is, of course, Smooth by Santana, featuring Rob Thomas. I have to do like the number two song from now on out. Okay. <laughs> I will say, I, I like looked up facts about this to try to make it better. I don't know. I don't know where my mind was. Um, Rob Thomas wrote Smooth for his wife, Marisol right. Maldonado. Yeah, and, yeah. and he stated in interviews that the lyrics, My Spanish Harlem Mona Lisa, was inspired by the 1972 Elton John song, Mona Lisa's and Manhattan's, which is one of my favorite songs. Huh. And that scene in. Um, almost famous where she dances alone in the empty gym to yeah. that song makes me tear up every time. Uh, I, so, I watched that movie. I haven't seen it in a minute. Uh, I, I, I mean, movie. you're the person who got me into that movie. Uh, it's so good. Uh, in the year 2000. <laughs> no, 2001. <laughs> 2001. We didn't know each other in the year 2000. Um, okay. I want to just like real quick before we jump in, put a trigger warning on this episode. Yeah. Because we are going to talk deeply about sexual assault and the way yeah. that women are treated after sexual assault. Mm-hmm. So just a heads up to our listeners, we're going to try to do it, of course, with um, we're going to do it with depth, but we're going to do it with respect, obviously. But we just want to warn you that like that this this episode, that's what we're going to talk about. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, great. So we open at school. Yeah. Jen and Dawson, they're hanging out. I they're love their friendship. Walking through the hall. Yeah. And Jen's like, dude, I'm kind of scared. She's not stoked. She's like kind of mad she's becoming her mom. She's feel, she feels really triggered yeah. about being homecoming queen. Yeah. And she's like, you know, my mother was Miss Cape Cod, not the homecoming queen, but, you know, same diff. Because Dawson's mom is the homecoming queen. Do they yeah. know each other? I don't... I I got so many questions got brought up for me. (laughs) Sorry, I jumped ahead. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, So she, Jen's like, you know, my mom graduated from this beauty queen stuff to this like society shit that I hate and don't want to be a part of. And like, you know, I'm a little worried like that this might be my trajectory if I am here with the homecoming queen. (laughs) And, um, and Dawson, he's a good friend to her. He tries to be like, no, people voted for you because you're like breaking the mold. You're awesome. You know? Yeah. He, he tells her not to beat herself up. And he's like, you know, you're the one that like, like, I don't think people voted for you because you're like your mom. I think they voted for you because you're like different than that. Yeah. 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 That's you like know? so 90s, you know, yeah. <laughs> like she's so different. And then Jen just points out, yeah, but I'm blonde and got big tits. Yeah. So, so am I really, really that different? That much. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Totally. So, um, so then Mr. Milo comes up, the guy that's a counselor. new actor, right? No, it's still Mr. It's no, same? it's the same. Okay. Mr. Milo is the same. Um, and corner and Mr. Milo introduced Jen to a wall of Trump supporting women. <laughs> I said the same thing, <laughs> except that like, there's two, there was two black ladies, which, you oh, know, they're okay. smart enough to not do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, this hair is Trump, Trump hair. This is like everyone's hairdo is a Trump hairdo. These women all voted for Donald Trump. Um, and it's like all the previous homecoming queens. Yeah. And Jen is shook. <laughs> shook. And then this one woman comes out. 
she's hella extra. She's like all old and she's like, my family's from the Mayflower. <laughs> yeah, the I'm Constance Freckling of the Mayflower Fle- Mayflower Frecklings. And I was like, girl, people in California do not introduce themselves in this way. <laughs> What if the first time I met you, I was like, oh, my family's from the Winthrop's fleet? (laughs) I would have um, immediately left your dorm room and been like, what was that girl's deal? I do not know. I'm like, "Uh, my family is from the poor Italian Irish peasant class (laughs) that was forced to leave here because of fascist dictatorships and famine. Famine? Of course, (laughs) genocide, let's be real. I mean... Hi. <laughs> they call it a famine, but we all know that it, it was a genocide. Yeah, I'm like, here we are. Here here I am. Um, but anyways. Any, she, anywho. She talks about, like, being from, like, a candy family yeah. and, like, whatever. And, she's, and So she's rich, and yeah. she's the oldest... She's the oldest living HQ, she says, which stands for homecoming queen. Just an FYI. We're going to be using that term a few times. And she shows Jen the secret handshake... But she shows Jen the secret handshake in front of Dawson. Dawson and Mr. Bilo. I know. I was like, girl. How secret handshakes work, Constance. (laughs) Constance. (laughs) And then we go to the credits. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's pretty funny. It is. Um, So then we go to the Potters. Bessie serving breakfast outside. And she's just all like chipper. Like Bessie's. uh, Bessie is such like a (laughs) character everyone knows, you know? Oh, totally. Totally. And she's like. Ah, I'm just wondering whose great idea was to make um to use the insurance money to make this a B and B. Yeah, <laughs> and Pacey's there hanging yeah. out with Joey. Yeah, and, and they're both like me. <laughs> yeah, they both claim it was theirs, and then Joey looks at Pacey like, "The fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> and Pacey's like, "All right, it was Joey's idea to to make but- this into a bed and breakfast, but like I told her how it could be done." Yeah, Pacey, exactly. And Pacey's like, and then I used my privilege to get free help. Yeah. And I'm actually kind of into it. I'm into it. So I just want to say a note, um, you know, because this, I don't think this is a spoiler, but the B&B is part of season three. Um, So this is literally the intro. Like, no one has mentioned one thing about the B&B. Totally. And then here we are. or building like a B&B. insurance money because Joey was working because she needed the money. Right. And then she gets fired and like the timing works out. The insurance money came at the same time. Right. Anyways. I mean, that's- good. I, I'm, I'm glad that it worked out for them like that. Um. So then Pacey, Bessie's like, Pace, thanks to your dad for like all the, the help. And, yeah. and Pacey's like, I finally found out what the police auxiliary is for. So these are a bunch of cops that are like yeah. building this this wing on the Potter family home. Okay. Um, Joey. Right. So then Pacey pours Joey a cup of coffee, which she takes black. And I just, I always have to note people's coffee <laughs> orders. It's very important to me. I think it says a lot about a person. Oh my God. What does iced with oat milk say? <laughs> Aaron, <laughs> I respect you too much to say it. <laughs> 
<laughs> the Hensleys don't like hot drinks. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's a thing. Mine is mine is right. Lately, mine is microwaved because the person I'm living with drinks coffee much earlier than I do, with a little <laughs> bit of half and half. Um, <laughs> so so um, jo- Joey kind of just talks about how she's stressed about money. You know, yeah. she's super nervous about like taking a risk. You and know? like this, ins- they're using a ton of their insurance money. And she's just like, I just want this to work. Yeah. You know? And Pacey, like, is a good friend and wants to know what happened at the dock or Mm -hmm. whatever with Rob. And she's like, it was fucked up. This girl I know, like, went on a date with him and I wasn't cool with it. And, like, he ended up firing me. Right. And Pacey's like, yeah, I mean, that's what happens to us poor kids yeah i mean he's like yeah fuck that shit but like i'm sorry and then and then he's like well who did rob go on the date with he's like who's the girl and joey tries to dodge and is like oh and pacey is like don't lie to me right and i like that it's like a good dynamic between them because joey leads into lying she her instinct is always to lie yeah and Joey and Pacey out of the gate as his like this new friendship that they're building is like, ah, no, 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 we don't lie here. No. You know, yeah. first of all, you're a bad liar. But second of all, like, why you be lying? You know? Yeah. And, and Pacey's like, you know, like he kind of figures out that it's Andy. Like he the way yeah, Joey's face. Like, Ooh, and yeah. then Pacey's face totally falls. He's like, and. Oh. And Man. he's super hurt. Yeah. He's like, Ooh, why does that feel like getting punched in the gut? <laughs> yeah. And Joey's like, you know, I'm really sorry. I didn't want to tell you like that. But like, yeah. and she says, if it's any consolation, yeah. it like definitely won't last. And, yeah. and like, she says, Andy's too smart to fall for that jerk's act. And I'm like, is she though? Like, doesn't seem like she was too smart for it. Um, also, yeah. I don't think it's but smart. So I think Joey's it's standing up for Andy and has something nice to say about her. Oh, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And Pacey's like, you know, he kind of is a, a gentleman about it. He's like, you know, whatever makes her happy. Like, you yeah. know, I just want her to be happy. So, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever makes her happy. And But he's like definitely hurt. And he pours out his coffee and like, yeah, you know, walks away. And so we go to the Leary house. Yep. Gail's and in the kitchen. Gail's there. She's in the kitchen. Sure. Dawson's like, what are you doing here? Yeah. And, and it's like, he would know if this is an annual, because she's like, I'm I'm homecoming queen. I'm here for the gala. Right. Is this like an annual gala? He would know. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What's and, like, what's uh, happening? I mean, with you, with you 100%. I mean, I guess it's like the first time she hasn't lived in Cape Side. And like, I guess I would be surprised if my mom didn't live in my town and then came home without telling me. Sure. Sure. (laughs) And, you know, Dawson, or then, so that's when we do find out that Gail was the homecoming queen. And so I'm like, okay, so were she and Mitch high school sweethearts? Cause they both seem to have grown up, grown up in Cape side. Yeah. I have, they know um, Jen's mom. Right. Right. I mean, and like, did they know like John Witter? Right. Like, who's, what's this, is there, like, a, there's, like, we could have had Dawson's Creek in 1972. Yeah. That, like, was Mitch's Creek. Exactly. Who knows? Um, So, 
Dawson tells them that like Jen's actually the one that's planning this gala. And um Gail also kind of shook about it. She's like, Jen? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, Gail. She's I know. an amazing at planning shit. <laughs> yeah, guys, get on board with the Jen train. She is very good at this. Anyways, it's super weird. Also, but... da- Dawson's in carpenter jeans in this scene, which you know I must point out. Um yeah. and Gail's like Dawson says he's interpreting Jen being the homecoming queen as like an early sign of the Armageddon. And I got to say, judging by what's going on around us right now, I think maybe he was right. It (laughs) maybe is the earliest. It's been mostly downhill since 1999. Um, So Gail's like, well, you know, at least this will be fun then. If Jen's planning it, like it's going to be a fun time. And she asked Dawson to be her escort. Yeah. And, and he kind of like, Mitch and Gail kind of look pointedly at each other and Dawson's kind of like maybe feels a little bit weird about that. Yeah. You know, but I mean, it's just hard because they communicate their communication boundaries have always been so fucked up. Yeah, totally. And then like there's all this shit that's happening and they're not telling Dawson. They're not telling each other. Like that would feel so weird and scary, you know, just like inconsistent. Totally. Um, and, you know, it's a little awkward because, yeah. you know, whatever. She yeah. she probably took Mitch last year. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. She's like, now I'm replacing my husband with my son. <laughs> Weird. So okay. we're so at the, school yeah. in the lunchroom yeah. and Joey and Pacey are sitting at the same table. It's super cute. Sure. And Andy comes in and sits with them. Mm-hmm. And she's a little bit awkward, but kind of brave that she's like, Joey's agreed. my friend. Pacey's my friend. I don't really have any friends. So I'm going to sit with y'all. Yeah, agreed. And and Pacey kind of immediately gets up and is like, oh, I got to oh, go study for shit. French. And Andy's like, you and don't like, take French. And he's no. like, all the more reason to study. <laughs> and leaves. And Andy's hurt. And then yeah. she turns, she kind of turns on Joey. Yeah, She's I like, agree. you told Pacey, didn't you? Yeah. And Joey's like, I didn't mean to. It just came up. But like, you know, yeah, she says I it did. slipped out over breakfast. And yeah. Andy is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Y'all are having breakfast together. <laughs> what the fuck? Which that's is- what Andy wishes she was doing. You sure, know? sure. And Joey's like, Joey, like, straight up is straight up with Andy. She's like, you know, Pacey's been helping us with the addition that we've, like, been investing every spare cent that we have into. Yeah. And she's just like, I needed that job. Yeah. And And, that money. And Andy, Andy kind of is like, well, it's not my fault you got fired, which is true. It's true. But, like, it, it does, that's not what Joey's not mad at Andy. Well, okay. I like, I couldn't, I was having trouble with this scene and I feel like almost all of this Joey Andy storyline, like I I feel like we got to like dig into Uh because I thought that at first too, like Joey's not mad, but then like Andy says like, you can't stay mad at me forever. And Joey's like, not forever, but for a few solid months. Right. But she, but she doesn't, there's not like any animosity behind that or anything. Like, that doesn't feel so. I'm I like, think what the thing is is like Joey has a hard pe- time letting people in, uh huh, and she doesn't want to have to like prove herself to Andy, and so it's hurtful that like she stuck her 
neck out and was like, that guy sucks. And then Andy like didn't believe her, you know? Right. And so it's kind of like, well, I thought we were friends. You should believe me out of the gates because she only has friends who've known her for like 15 years, you know, instead of having to like earn that place, you know? And like, you know, it, this is the complicated thing of like when you're trying to find these boundaries within dating, you know, sure. and like plenty of, I've definitely told girls like, don't fuck with that guy and they don't believe you. And you're like, what the fuck? And it's really hurtful to both parties. you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and that's, the, I mean, that's a little bit the conversation we had last week of like, yeah, you know, it's hard to watch Andy not listen to Joey. Yeah. Because Like, if you had said that to me about someone I was dating, I would have just stopped dating them and, like, trusted you, right? Yeah. But, so, (laughs) it's a little hard. I had a friend in high school like that. I was like, that guy sucks and he's mean to you. And he, like, straight up asked me out. (laughs) And she still would stick Uh with him. And I was just like, okay. I mean, it's hard because you're like, well, it's your life. It's your choices. But you're also like, what's Uh, happening? It's super confusing to both people, you know? No, I know. Um, I know. I know. So, so, you know, and Joey just is straight up like, yeah, but whatever, you're just going to get a big fat. I told you so, you know, about, yeah. And like kind of just leaves (laughs) Andy all alone in the lunchroom. Right. And it's like, there's a part of me that like kind of allows for Joey to be a little angry at Andy that like, if Andy had just left the second she was like, Rob's a creep, Mm -hmm. like, and this is what he did to me. Like, Joey probably wouldn't have lost her job. But the fact that she had totally. to sit there in that movie with them and like she felt like it and that was her decision and like totally yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not Andy's fault. Joey made that decision. But it's like I get that like she could be a little bit like, <laughs> like you didn't listen to me and then I lost my job. Um no, totally. about it. So it's like I kind of get I like I think it's a little complicated. No, it's um, super complicated and they're both young and like a little bit immature. So sure. of course they're in this like weird spot about it. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Like without a doubt. And like this whole episode is like about the complicated experience of being a woman. You yeah, know? definitely. Definitely. Uh, at all levels of your life. You know? <laughs> right. So because as we see, we go to the some mansion. Jen's I mean, huge. Up to it. Yeah. It's huge. And of course, this show was filmed in the South. So it's like an antebellum. Yeah. Mansion. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's like massive. And, um, you know, Jen walks in and like she's kind of walking around this mansion and she sees like a, a dress and she's looking at it. And then the like Mayfeller lady, Miss Fricky, what's her name? Miss Constance. Const- I just called her Constance. Miss Freckling is her name, but I called her okay. Constance. Constance. Because okay. I'm from California and I don't use people's last names. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I use, I, we I did know, that I in know. I know, yeah. I know. But, um, but Jen, like, is, so she tells the lady Jen. comes in and starts just scolding her for slouching and I'm legit triggered. <laughs> yeah. Well, and she's like, oh, you know, she scolds her for slouching and then says, oh, what do you think of the dress? Like, I make it every year for this celebration, which is like apparently tomorrow, which seems like a really short amount of time to plan to this plan celebration. <laughs> but I whatever. agree more. Whatever. <laughs> um, what do I know? I've just worked they, in party planning for 20 years. Keep- they planned catering a wedding overnight. So, you so, know, there you the go. people of Cape Side, Scrappy. they get it done. Scrappy. They get it done. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know. This lady seems like a real rich asshole, but also the fact that she makes her dress every year kind of endears me to her. I'm like, that's kind of badass. I love yeah. it. And so Jen calls her Mrs. Frickle. Frick- Freckling. And, Freckling. And um, 
and uh, she corrects he finds, Jen. He's like, "Oh, Ms., I've never married." Yeah. So we kind of get an idea of just how rich she is, right? Like that house came from like family money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like she's pretty old, so like just unfortunately, like she didn't have like a successful career. Like the reality of that was like. Right. Just like you can imagine that. Yeah, she she's a society lady. Yeah, like and this was like family money that bought her a fucking mansion. Yeah. Okay. And then we hear this huge crashing sound. Yeah. And she says that it's Hank, her handy boy, <laughs> yeah. who is hanging twinkle bulbs on the roof. Yeah. And we don't check to see if he's okay. Just continue <laughs> on with this scene. And All right. Okay. And Jen kind of tells Constance just about her childhood trauma from her mom. Yeah, she's like, this isn't my thing. Like, my mom would like make me do this. Yeah. You know, and it made me really insecure. Like, and it wasn't what I wanted. And she tried to turn me into a deb, a debutante. Right. And Mrs. Freckling, Constance is like, you know, most of the girls who win this are like enthusiastic and like really excited to be role models. Isn't it sound kind of like Rob? Most there are plenty of other girls who would kill for this chance. I mean, it sounds like a lot of people, Rob included. Yeah. Um, and like another way that like rich people are like this opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> other people would kill for it. And yeah. you're like, I don't care. I don't want it though. Yeah. <laughs> why should we be fighting for, why should we take opportunities from people that want it? If you don't want it. Right. <laughs> That's hoarding. That's the problem of capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> And it's the problem with Rob. Um, yes. <laughs> but so, so then, like, she says, the girls that usually win this tend to stand up straight, comb their hair, and wear brassiers. I know. <laughs> Which, okay, lady, what the I fuck know. is this? I know. Obviously, I'm like, <laughs> extra triggered. I'm like, fuck you, fuck lady. You. Yeah. I always stand up straight because I had a, mo- a grandma just like her. Yeah. <laughs> I do and I not. do comb my hair because I have really thin hair, but I've never worn a bra. <laughs> We're the exact opposite. I don't stand up straight. I have curly hair, so I don't really comb it. I <laughs> it, it's, it is what it is. And then... <laughs> And you always wear a bra. I, except for this moment, actually, just for everyone to know. Um, it's too hot. <laughs> it's too hot in LA to wear anything. Um, so then Jen's like, great. And like, just turns around like, and leaves. Okay. I need none of this. Thank you very much. And as and she walks out the door. Yeah, she's like outside and just like a dude falls off the roof. a French farce kind of. Early. Yeah. A, do- a, a dude. Comedy. And a guy just falls straight off the roof. Falls off the roof. Jen's hands, yells bees, and starts running. And oh, right. Hank is a short name for Henry. Henry. Okay. So there we are. Um, I, I, I still cannot get over the fall off the roof thing because it seemed like a long enough fall that he would be like probably pretty severely injured. Um, it's a two story house. Fuck yeah. Like, yeah. come on. Like, what is happening? I know. So then we go to the Potters. Yeah. And, and Joey and is like cleaning up and she's there. Basie's there. She says, it's just like the cops to disappear when the going gets tough. And I was like, <laughs> fight the power, Joe. Fight the power. <laughs> and they're like kind of chatting. And then Bessie comes in and hands Joey the phone. And she's like, I don't know. It's some girl. And, and she's like someone, upset. 
yeah. yeah, she's upset. And Joey's like, hello. And like, someone's quiet on the other end. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Joey's like, Andy, is that you? Yeah. And Pacey's kind of like, whoa, at the mention of the name Andy. Right. And then we cut to Andy and it's like, she's sobbing. And Well, on the phone, she says, Joey, please help me. Yeah. Before they come over. Then we're supposed to go to outside of this house, this party where Andy is like on the ground, basically yeah, sobbing. Like, and we're supposed sobbing. to get a music cue there um, in this party of Meredith Brooks's song shout. It starts right around this. I don't know exactly where it starts, but right, right at this party moment. Uh-huh. Um, um, they're Joey's both like, there, what like happened? Comforting her on yeah. the ground. Like, and, Joey's like, what happened? Like, yeah. what's what happened? And she's crying, and she just is like, we went upstairs. She's talking about Rob. She's like, we went upstairs, and we were just kissing. And then he's trying to like keep going. Yeah. And I told him no, and like I didn't know what to do, and he kept trying to. And then I just pushed him and ran down the stairs to call Joey. Yeah, and Pacey basically as like is he in there still and points to the party as like joey hugs andy and pacey then we cut over to pacey in the party and he just like finds rob and hits him in the fucking face he's just like if you ever lay a hand on andy again i'll fuck you up you know yeah and rob's like what's happening i didn't do anything (laughs) yeah and then he like Pacey just like walks away and Rob goes back to like partying with to his drinking friend. with his friends. Like his friend puts a drink in his hand and they all go back to like laughing. So we know he's drunk. Yeah. So <sighs> we're going to get deep into that scene, but like, or yeah, yeah. get into this, but like, we'll save it for the next scene. Um, but so Henry and Jen then are in Constance's greenhouse <laughs> yeah. and Henry is like telling Jen the dirty Latin names of flowers yeah and jen's like he's like oh you're gonna make me blush (laughs) like you know yeah kind of like she's kind of flirting yeah yeah and he asks like what or she asks what's up with um constance like what's her deal yeah Yeah, she's like what's the deal with this lady yeah and henry's like she's like sad she doesn't have anyone in her life she has no friends and no relatives and he's kind of like i think i might be her best friend which like can we stop having grown yeah, people yeah. be friends with totally. kids on the show it's super and also like i mean is this saying that like henry's from a rich family like i kind of got that because because at some point she says that he lives down the street yeah and this feels like i mean I, i'm sure this house is like not alone and it's yeah and also like <laughs> it would be like oh this is my like you know her friend's grandson or yeah, something. You yeah. know what I mean like how would they know each other like right. unless it was like a family connection you know but it's really weird yeah and so Jen then says like after Henry says that he thinks he's her best friend Jen's like I don't know who to feel more sorry for you or her which is kind of a shitty thing to say like I'm just gonna call Jen out on that that's like, totally not the nicest agree. thing to say yeah and Jen and Henry looks bummed about it like he's like damn man and and then Jen's like we gotta toughen you up dude yeah. Which I also don't like. And I feel like is out of character for her. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> Jen isn't trying to make men be more toxic. <laughs> no, she's not. <laughs> and Henry's like, no, 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 it's Constance. Like, she was looking so forward to meeting you. And, like, I told her all about you. And he says to her that, to Jen, that, like, Constance has two events on her social calendar. 
the World Orchid Conference in Miami and the Homecoming Gala. And like without that, she kind of has like nothing going on. (laughs) And it's just hard because it's like, oh, she's lonely. She doesn't have kids and she didn't get married. And so she has nothing else to do with her life. Yeah, I agree. I I really agree. It's like, whoa, what kind of storytelling is this? You know, and it's not to say that like, it's it kind of reminded me of when Grams was like praising Jen for being a good producer and was like, in my day, there was no female producers like, you mm-hmm, know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it's this storytelling of reminding Jen mm-hmm. and us viewers that like things have come a long way. <laughs> right. Right. You know, like constant Constance didn't get married and have kids so therefore she like (laughs) is like all alone with nothing and no one in this big empty house she's like like, Miss Haversham kind of yeah it's like oh well now she has nothing to live for except for her flowers you know you're like well that isn't that enough like also like I don't know yeah okay um and then like so we cut back to Joey's house and I'm just going to get out of the way in this scene because it's a very serious scene. But Joey is wearing carpenter khakis. <laughs> wow. And um, so I just needed to let everyone know before we dive right in. So yeah. so, yeah, Andy's sitting there and Joey is like telling her, like, I think you need to go to the police. You right. know? And Andy's like, well, I don't want to because Rob didn't really actually like do anything you right. know and this is why we need a word to describe what is happening like we need right. to create like a lot of levels of de- descriptions and words for what happened because like you know in she- andy andy's mind the reality is like andy felt uncomfortable and she didn't know what to do is joey's like well you have to you have to do something you know like it, this is not a good vibe but Unlike Dawson, she leaves it up for Andy to decide. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, I like when you say Andy felt uncomfortable and didn't know what to do. I also think, like, having a girl say no, or anyone, not just a girl, anyone, mm-hmm. say no over and over again and need to escape from a situation, like, yeah. that is an assault. I mean, yeah. I know you're, I know that's, you're not saying that it's not. Yeah. But also, Andy, it's like there's this part of me that like that like is like you know I can see saying should we go to the police about mm-hmm. this or maybe we should go to the police about this and like what he did was highly inappropriate was an assault all that but I also b- being a woman um <laughs> I also know that sometimes the thing that goes on in your head is like well nothing really bad happened. Like I wasn't raped. So no, it's that's fine. What I mean. it's and like, like well, yeah, when you he- that's why we need more words. Because yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Because yeah. the patriarchy has told us like, no, a sexual assault is really bad. It's a really, it's like those really bad things that happens to like other girls, like the ones that wear skirts, you know? Yeah. And I like, know. I know those girls, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like what happened to you? Like it wasn't a sexual assault because it was, was it that bad? You know, yeah. and you're like, yeah, yeah, it fucking was, you yeah. know. And then on top of that, it's like, well, what are what are our choices here yeah. to go to the police and say what? Like, I said no, and he didn't listen. Yeah, like, you know, and the police will be like, well, like, what do you want us to do about that? Yeah, you know, and like, these are all the problems we're facing like now, and like, you know, and mm-hmm. we've always faced it, faced, but like, you know, it's like this is pre me too. This is just, you yeah. know, uh, uh, 
people don't believe women, you know? Well, and that's the thing, right? I can and I, also be like, I've already said, like something happened to Andy in the clinic where she was taken advantage of, mm-hmm. you know? So we don't know what triggers girls. Everyone has their own traumas, you know, mm-hmm. especially things can be brought up out of nowhere sure. sexually. And like, it, it could have even like, it, it could have not been an aggressive thing, but you were just like, bah, like, you know, that mm-hmm. happens, that happens to anyone and sure. everyone, you know, sure. because like, that's the complicated things about your body, you know, is that your body holds trauma, your body can react in a way that it's never reacted before sure. to things that have happened to you multiple times, you know, and then, and, an, and one time you can be like, Whoa, I don't fuck with that, you yeah. know? And like, this is, why sex is like really complicated you know and why like your parents are always like oh you want someone to respect you and someone that listens to you (laughs) yeah 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 and it's really fucking complicated you know and like who knows like if she was he was there making out with her and then she remembered some of her trauma from what happened to her at the clinic you know Sure. Well, yeah. And so Joey tells me think of Brett Kavanaugh because like this event happened and to, you know, Christine Ford, it changed her life. Yep. Brett Kavanaugh didn't even remember it happening, you know, and this is the thing about experiences is that there's no one narrative about it, you know? Sure. Sure. And, and I think like, so Joey tells Andy, like, you should at least stay with me tonight. Like, if you're not going to go to the police, okay, like, just stay with me. Like, you shouldn't be alone. And like, I kind of love that. Like, I I love that for Joey. And Pacey then pauses and and is kind of like, you know, I'll take care of like, because Andy's like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. And, And Pacey's like, you know, I can, I can help. I can deal with this. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because Pacey has a hero. He's got a savior complex. Yeah, he's got a savior complex. So this is like not really good for his boundaries. And, you know, I wish, you know, I think Joey, it was already like almost out of character for her to be like, Andy, stay with me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I wish she had been like, no, Pacey, like... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, but but they're on a tentative steps towards friendship, so they're not. I don't know that they're quite there yet. And also, like the reality is, like Pacey just knows Andy better than Joey does. Sure, sure. You know. So I also wanted to say, like, I want to discuss this storyline in two different ways, which is like I want to discuss the reality of a story like this, um, and then I want to discuss what the show seems to be inferring. Um, yeah, I want to get storyline. into what they're inferring at the end. I do too. Cause yeah. like, I, cause like, I think that we were less versed in trauma response and sort of going off of what you were saying. Like, uh, now if you had this storyline, I would assume that a friend on a TV show would like offer to take someone to the station and then like not push. Yeah. If that's like not what was wanted. And so, because I think there's more awareness now, particularly in the generation below ours. I mean, our generation has some of it, but like the people who are younger than us are even more well-versed in this than we are of like, 
how traumatic talking to the police can be, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like how you have to relive that event. And is it worth it for what the outcome is? Right. And, and yeah. like, you know, because oftentimes police are not helpful in this situation and do not believe you in this situation. And we've already said that Rob Logan is a Senator's son. Yes. And you know, okay, what does that mean? But then like, I really do like how Joey and Pacey like immediately believe Andy yeah they're on her side and like yes we the audience have seen rob be a creep um but like there's no i told you so coming from joey she's not like i told you this was gonna happen she's just there with and she's just concerned and like i dig that and i think that like i i think part of our sort of like discussion about this being like the first millennial show and like kind of moving us towards where millennials as a generation and obviously that's a that's the you know yeah, that's um, a broad generalization. But like, um, you know, but that that we as a generation have sort of moved is like, it's clunky. It's a little bit clunky these first right. few rounds. And so, right. you know, I think like, we're going to call out the clunkiness. But also, the fact that like, you had a, you had this thing where like, everyone is like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, we're not even questioning whether or not this really yeah. happened. Like, to, obviously yeah. something happened and we're mad about it and we're like, want to no, take care exactly. of you. Yeah, 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 totally. That's, that's I mean, I listen just to like, like, that's a big step. Which, yeah, the ease at which the woman is believed right away. Yeah, absolutely. And when we get to it, the, the way in which the narrative of the man is like completely like disgusting, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, out of, right out. They don't even try to like make that complicated, you know? So. Totally. I completely agree. I think Joey's a little bit more pressure with going to the police is from the fact that she has a lot of anger towards Rob, you know? So yeah. She's a little bit projecting, you know? Oh, totally, totally. And I think like, there's a part of me that's like fair. I get it. Yeah. And there's a part of me that's like, okay, come on, Joey. It's not about you right now. Um, so we go back over to Constance's house. Um, yeah. And Henry brings Jen back into the mansion. And, yeah. You know, Jen agrees to help plan the event, you know, the gala. Yeah. She's like, let's start over. And, and, you know, Constance is like, if Henry likes you, you can't be that bad. And Jen's like, yeah, I felt, I feel the same way. Like I kind of, you know, yeah. I'm on, we're on the same page. And Constance asks Jen, which do you want to handle the food or the entertainment? And again, <laughs> like going back to your, like, this is tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> the food should already be prepped. And the entertainment as well. And the entertainment. all be locked down. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, what? Okay. Like, there's really nothing. I mean, if the event is tomorrow, she seems pretty calm. Yeah. Like, nothing is set up. (laughs) No. And and Jen, or, and then Constance gives her this, like, long list of, like, rules about the entertainment. Entertainment. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Entertainment, yeah. And Jen's like... Or Constance is like, no mimes, no clowns, no Barry Manilow, no Elvis lookalikes, no motivational speakers, no comedy troops, no gangster rap. And then she keeps going, there's more. That's, and that's, you're kind of like, I wonder what these other galas have been like. I know. Who, who picked the motivational speaker? Was that, was that Gail? No. I really hope Gail picked the Barry Manilow. I'm just going <laughs> to go out on a limb and say it. Um, and Jen's like, you know, okay, got it. Like, I get you, you know. And Jen's like, and one more thing, I'm going to bring Henry as my date. Yeah. And Henry's 
pretty stunned about that. <laughs> He's like, you know. Yeah. So we see Pacey has brought Andy to his boat, the true love. Mm-hmm. And um, Andy is still like her and Pacey try to comfort her and gives her a blanket. And Andy's kind of like, why did you bring me here? Yeah. And she's like. She finds out that it's called true love. And yeah. she's like, oh, that's kind of fitting, you know? Yeah. And Pacey's like, you know, I just wanted you to, to bring you someplace quiet. And Andy's like, no, they, there's lots of quiet lot, places. Yeah. So like, why'd you bring me here? Yeah. Which I like. I like. I love it when they remind us that, like, these people do know each other actually really well. Yeah. You know? And Pacey's like, like, you know, I just wanted to show you that, like, I'm okay. Like yeah, since I've we ended things to do, like I'm, yeah. I'm working on something, you know. Mm-hmm. And then Andy, like she just tells she's, him she still loves him. Yeah, she's like, I'm not, I'm not okay. Like I'm not over you. Yeah. And then he's like, Well, you will be McPhee. And she's just like, she's Oh like, my god, oh, even I that, like, that. like, yeah, like, like even when you say that, I'm just like, I'm so in, I'm still so in love with you, and uh-huh. like every thing just feels so right and she leans in and and she tries to kiss him and well wait she says if what if it took what happened tonight to bring us back together then so be it yeah and i want to say that this is like one of the parts where i think this episode really starts to nosedive yeah um they get so close to telling this like nuanced story about sexual assault and what happens and like leave Pacey the space to be an enlightened dude about how women experience sexual assault. And then, and then like this, she says that, which I think really like leans in and we're going to get there, like leans into this, like blurring the line of whether Andy actually made this up, this sexual assault up. Right. Right. And, and like, so a lot of people cite Andy cheating as like where her character turns for them. But for me, it's this. I fucking hate this storyline. And like, you know, I think that like, if there was a story about how like, Andy like tries to start to date again, and then this thing happens, like this assault Mm -hmm. happens. And then she's like, Oh, my God, like, you know, she either it like relapses her into like a mental health, like she needs, you know, has another mental health crisis or like, you know, just like something else, like that would be an interesting story to tell, but like, that's not what we're getting here. Right. We, I mean, I guess just for me, because like, I just think that something really, the way she was crying, like something really traumatic happened to her, whether it was like all in her head or not, it it still was like something fucked up happened, you know? I don't disagree with you. I do think that I hear you about like how they're trying to be like, Oh, yeah maybe she made this up or whatever yeah but like from my perspective like i i don't believe that <laughs> so i don't i, I don't like believe that. it i don't believe it either but i think so that I that's what the show is doing she, but i guess what i i see it differently i mean i think i agree with you i think that's what the show is trying to do but the way i see her saying that from my perspective is just being like i can't believe this really fucked up thing happened and like here i am sitting with you like actually having like this conversation and like feeling love from you and everything and if that's like this really fucked up thing happened brought us to this like okay that's what happened you know i mean i think that's a great way to look at it i don't think that's what the show is trying to do and i think that as a person who watched this show as a teenager 
and who is a, was a teen girl, like you just don't fuck around with these kinds of storylines. Like you don't, right. you don't inject this kind of shit into these storylines because literally almost no women ever are claiming that they were sexually assaulted when they yeah. were. And so, oh, completely agree. and so yeah. in doing that, you really, I mean, I, I just like, it makes me really angry, this storyline, because it feels like, you know, it's like coming at it from 2020, where literally what? It's been three or four years since, like, as a culture, we've decided that maybe we kind of care about <laughs> that this. We, like, maybe can believe women and their experiences. Absolutely. It's like, you know, in 1999, watching this, it, I remember how I felt. And I remember being like, oh, my God, did she, like, make this up? to do this and like I hate that I felt that way right as someone who is a person that of course because I am a woman I have of course exp- has some experience with some kind of sexual assault yeah that like looking at this and being like really that's the story I got like you know yeah, I- it makes yeah. me so fucking mad and it makes me really fucking mad that like this show didn't tell this story responsibly um yeah. I just think like I think there's, and, and, the, and the reason that I'm mad about it is because I think they're so close. It's like they got so close to telling it responsibly and then they injected that shit in, into it. Yeah. And I think that it's like, it really like makes me angry. So, you know, we, Pacey's like, you know, I'm here for you, but we're not together. Like he, that's what he tells Andy. Like I, I'm here for you, but like, we're not together in this. And then she tries to kiss him. Yeah. And he stops her at first. Yeah. And he's like, no, we can't do that. And she like is like, you know, I want to know what you want to do. Don't you think it's so interesting that Pacey sees himself and Dawson reinforces this as like Pacey's just like a sex crazed dude, you know? Mm -hmm. And this girl is there like throwing herself at him. And he's in a a position to say no. Yeah, and I think, like, uh, yeah, I do. And I, because, like, I think he just like Jen and, you know, is, is actually all the characters are developing their boundaries with sex, you know? Sure. Daw- Dawson and Joey, they're just developing them and in, in the sense of being, like, abstinent, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> that's not like a, it's just like not a functional, healthy boundary, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, because like at some point you're going to have sex. So you really need to think about it more than than that. Right. You know, and so Jen and Pacey have are coming up from the other way of being like, OK, like w- even w- what we see with Jen behaving with Henry in this episode, you know, at what point do we like lean into our desires? At what point do we do this? At what point do we do that? You know, like Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with having sex, but like, as we see, it's super complicated because everyone has different takes on what happens, you know, two people are involved in it, you know? And so it's like, so interesting to watch how, like, again, the storytelling of the show is like Pacey, he only likes sex, you know? And here he is just being like, no, we can't I'm, do this. I'm going to stop you right there. Like, <laughs> yeah. no, we're not going to do this, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, trying to develop this boundary, you know? And he says, like, I know that, like, right now this is what you want to do, but, like, you might feel differently tomorrow. And and then Andy's like, no, like, I just want... I'm just talking about tonight. Um, And then Pacey does give in and kisses her. Um, And, like, I I kind of hate that he does. I mean, I get it, you know? 
And I think like, it's such an interesting thing that like, she has just like had this experience, this terrible mm-hmm. experience. And then she kind of pressures him, even though right. he's saying no over and over again. Like, it's not a good idea. I don't want to do it. She yeah, kind yeah. of keeps coming at him. And I thought it was an interesting dynamic. Like, I, I kind of think it's fucked up. Like, I think it's fucked up like nine ways of Sunday. Yeah. You know, I, but like, it's an interesting thing that like she then comes in and is kind of forceful. I mean, isn't, you know, he, he's consenting to the things that they're doing. That's but. why it's such a disservice that we didn't see what happened with Mark. Yeah. Because like, I said something really fucked up happened whether or not you know it was mark being sketchy or just the circumstances sure. like you know being sketchy but something fucked up happened like you're in a, a facility and like you have sex with someone like no like you're in a facility yeah. you cannot give consent you know and like this is that is so like I cannot wrap my head around that you know like and so something really fucked up happened and like you see how as a result like she has to redevelop her boundaries with sex you know yeah definitely definitely um I mean I definitely agree that she's pressuring him you know and like yeah this is just like again these are the complicated things about fucking about fucking about fucking (laughs) (laughs) about fucking fucking yeah um you know and yeah like it it's really hard and complicated to watch you know absolutely and and like so we go to the next morning and pacey drops andy off at her house and she like thanks him for taking care of her and then she starts kind of spinning she starts spinning and yeah we, we see pacey's face and he is like uneasy yeah. yeah. Uh huh. And and sh- so she's spinning, and she's like, "Look, Pacey, I know whatever happened to between us that might change things, or it might not. And like, you know, if we have like new things developing between us, or whatever." And then he kind of is like, smiles a little, and she's like, "Look, I know I start spinning when I get scared, and I just ramble, and like that's what <laughs> yeah, happens, yeah. you know." Yeah. <laughs> and she's kind of just like, "I want to know how you feel." Right. And she's like, Pacey kind of cuts her off, and she's like. Or Andy goes, I want to know that you're feeling what I'm feeling. And Pacey says, I am. But, like, they don't say what they're feeling. I know. And I'm like, you seem to be on different pages. You have totally different energies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks super conflicted, you know? He looks like... like the reality is they both still, like, deeply love each other and are deeply hurt by each other. Sure. And, like, they feel that in that sense, yes, they feel the same way. But, like, the way she feels about them having sex is, like, pretty clear that he feels differently. Okay. I, uh, we're going to get to the whether or not they had sex question. I want to, but I, Uh, but we're not going to do it right now because I have some, I have so many questions about it. But, like, mm -hmm. I have notes later because I think she says something that kind of, like, makes me very confused. Um, So, like, Andy kisses him and, like, leaves the car and he just looks, very unhappy with what he has done yeah he's like he like like closes his eyes and leans back against the thing and is like fuck man fuck yeah so then we go straight to joey's house (laughs) okay (laughs) here we here we go pour yourselves a drink because we all need it right now god because yeah and rob is there knocking on the door rob is there yeah 
And Joey is just like, why is he? Joey already's like, I won't defend you. <laughs> so I don't Joey know told him to go there. to hell at the end of the last and episode. And she also said, if you cross a boundary that your daddy can't, you know, get you out of, like, I'm not gonna. Don't call don't me as a come to me. witness. Yeah, you know? yeah. She already said that to him. Yeah. So he, Joey's she's, just fucking pissed at the side of. She's him. having zero of his shit. Absolutely zero and of he's it. He's like, I didn't do it. She says, well, she says, no known sex sex offenders within 200 yards of my property. And I'm like, good for you, Joey. Like, fucking call him what he is. And yeah, she she goes to shut the door and he kind of like puts himself in the doorway. Yeah. It's very aggressive. It's very aggressive. And And yeah. She doesn't believe him, obviously. And then Rob tellingly is like... I just want to know if Andy went to the police. Well, because he she tries to shut the door again after he says he doesn't believe she doesn't believe him. And he kind of grabs her arm and like she legit looks like she is about to commit a homicide. Like she <laughs> which I'm like, good. She fucking touched her. Yeah. And she says and then he asked the thing about the police. He's like, did Andy yeah. go to the police? And Joey looks at him and is like, if you touch me again, I will scream faster than you can say William Kennedy Smith. Yeah. So I looked that up, of yeah, course, yeah. and tell you that William Kennedy Smith, you might know, I is know. a Kennedy yeah. uh, of the John F. variety yeah, yeah, yeah. who was accused of rape by a woman he met at a bar when he was there at a bar with his uncle Ted Kennedy, who you might yeah. know as a yeah. set was a senator and killed a girl. Uh, yeah. Ted Kennedy killed a girl. Yeah. In Chappaquiddick. Is yeah. That what it is. Or, yeah. Yeah. Chappaquiddick. Um, and William Kennedy Smith was cleared of all charges. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure why the, that's the reference here, except that he's a senator. Rob is a senator's son. And like, it's William Kennedy Smith. Like, I, I read a couple of articles about the the terms of the it's case. Super, and it seems like he it's open that. and shut. Like, he definitely raped this girl. Yeah, he raped a girl on the beach. On the yeah. beach. Yeah. And like, there was evidence and there was like, and he still was acquitted. Um, so it's, I think it's kind of weird that she says that. I just want to say. Um, and like Rob then. Well, it was still like a big trial and everything. I yeah. mean, it's just like. <laughs> yeah. She knows that like he probably would get off, but like it, it still would be a trial and a whole thing. You yeah. Know? It would smear his it's sort like, of reputation, if yeah. you will. Yeah. So Rob claims that Andy wanted to go upstairs and dragged him to the room. And then and freaked then out they, when they started kissing. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to circle back and say, remember when Rob said he didn't do anything? Uh-huh. He did. He he went up to the room with Andy. Right. So he's a liar. Well, and like, I get, well, I mean, I think what he was saying is like, I didn't rape her or I didn't like try to try to rape her. But like, you're up there and she like pushes you off and says stop like you get off of her it just it just doesn't matter it's like okay i believe that you think that yeah but there are two parties here and which is why we need right a, you know <laughs> consent here you right. know and that's why if some girl says no you'd be like okay you okay know? Bye. or if some girl says I-, I didn't feel comfortable or safe around you you need to be like okay, okay. thank you for sharing that and i'm sorry that you know, I made you feel that way and not in a brush off apology. Like, you know, that wasn't my, you know, that's not how I saw it, but I completely believe that's how you saw it. You know? Yep. I mean, it's, I was talking to Julie about this off 
camera, whatever, <laughs> off mic, mic about Kobe Bryant. And yeah. like, he, when he died, I legit cried. Like he, I just grew up with him. It's right. stupid, but like he was just like a fixture in LA my whole life. And he, you know, his wife went to a rival high school. We we're only one year apart. Like mm-hmm. I just known him like in my childhood, my whole life. And he's a rapist. Yeah. And it was really complicated to be really sad about a rapist. But I revisited what he said after after the trial or it, mm-hmm. didn't, it, it didn't go to trial. But yeah, after that happened and he was just like, what I thought happened is different than what she thought. And I believe what she thought happened, mm-hmm. you know, and I just think I wish that we could live in a world where a men could say that and like atone. Yeah, and I think I, I think Kobe did that. Yeah. And I wish that we could live in a world where we acknowledge that there are there's not one narrative. There are two parties there that are going to have t- potentially two very different experiences with what happened. Absolutely. And both of those can be true. Sure. You know, but if one person feels like they were put in a position that they didn't like. Yeah, that one it needs to be held more weight. It's not to say that it's not true that Rob's like, I didn't do anything because his bar for doing anything is completely different than what my bar is, what I think is legal. Sure, sure. You know? And so appropriate. Like, of course, for his bar, he didn't do anything. He mm-hmm. also walked in on an underage girl that was in his employment and didn't even think there was a problem with that. So he's a piece of shit. Right. With his boundaries <laughs> right. on this, you know? But clearly that's where his boundaries lie. Yeah. You know, and like this is like the real problem that we're having and why men reinforce narratives about like what Andy's saying and making it complicated or remind us of like, well, was the sexual assault that bad? Right. right. Because they want to live in a world where their bar is what matters, right. you know, where they could say, well, like, well, she lied. And it's like everyone lies. Yep men, women, everyone fucking lies <laughs> or, you know, so why are we saying that? You know, it's like if some, if it's like if someone accuses, if there's an incident and there's in the absence of evidence, a sexual assault, maybe something happens. Men tend to believe men <laughs> and they'll say, you know, sometimes men will say, oh, well, women lie. And yeah. you're like, um, okay, yes. And men lie too. Right. And if you look at the data, <laughs> more often than not, the men are lying. Well, there's just, innocence. there's just often not a reason for, I'm not saying it, it obviously does happen, but there's often not a reason for a woman to lie about something like that because yeah, she like gets dragged through the fucking mud. Incentive. Why would someone lie about that happening when a man can lie and potentially get off with it yeah. <laughs> you know get away with it, you yeah. know and yeah. not have any trouble whereas a woman will lie and then just like be in tons of trouble sure you know yep just, like so automatically doesn't make sense you know yeah so yeah. yeah then rob it's like look i know there's no reason for you to believe me but workplace sexual harassment is different <laughs> he says workplace flirtation and i am like note it was sexual harassment yeah and joey says, joey says joey says it's just like yeah there's a difference between that and sexual assault and she's like you know she's whatever like, you want to believe like both things are illegal yeah, you draw your own line in the sand. They're both fucking illegal, you piece of shit. Yeah, you know? yeah, and she's right. And then he physically stops her again for the third yeah. time. 
and like weirdly whispers to her that he's never forced himself on anyone. And I'm like, I mean, I've watched you force yourself into right Joey's space many I'm, times, I'm including right this second. What you're doing right now, yeah. and you're forcing yourself on someone, you know? Yeah. And then. And- he gets this is the narrative that like traditionally would be told about these storylines. Sure, sure. And this like, is this is everyone knows Andy's, you know, mentally unstable and like, you know, spent time yeah. in a facility. I mean, fuck this shit. Fuck this dude. And Joey looks at him and is like, I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear that and walk back <laughs> walks back inside. For both of our sakes. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise I might end up in jail. For <laughs> Fuck yep. this guy. Fuck this guy. And, you know, he starts yelling at Joey when she goes into the house and, sh- and like, I don't know. I-, I think where, how Joey stands up to him here is really great. Yeah. And I, I really feel like one of the reasons that I feel so close to Joey and I've always felt so close to Joey is that, um, like, people come at her friends and she stands up for them oftentimes. Not always, but, like, a lot of, like, with Andy, with Jack, with, like, she's done it over and over again when people come at her friends. But she is very bad at standing up for herself, which I am, I feel deeply. I, I too, if someone says something to my, I mean... I've, you know, I have been that person punching a guy who says something mean to my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, but if someone says something mean to me, I usually don't do anything about it. I usually don't say anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I think it's such a big thing that she, like, when Rob comes to her is like, not only did you do this to my friend, you fucking did it to me. Yeah. And like what you did to me was not okay. And I think it's really like, I just want to take a moment and applaud Joey there because I think that's like really, that's really fucking hard. And as someone who is a lot like that, mm-hmm. um, even still to this day is a lot like that is terrible about standing up for myself. Um, you know, I think it's such a big thing when you actually do it. Right. You know, so totally. Yeah. So we, Ooh, so we we cut to the gala. Uh, yeah. And this is when we see what midlife being a woman is like uh-huh. in 1999. Ooh, yeah. Because Dawson and Gail are like, oh, shit, there's these two assholes that we really fucking hate and don't want to talk to. <laughs> they yeah. try to get away from them, but then they get cornered. Yeah. <laughs> Been there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And the lady's like, it's I. the lady of the two, the couple that they like get cornered by is like, Oh, it's so absurd that you got fired, Gail, because the public felt like you were too old to identify with. And Dawson's kind of like, uh, like what? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and then the woman's like, that would just never happen in Cape Side. <laughs> yeah. And, and the guy is like, you're welcome back on our airwaves at any time, Gail. Like, we miss you. And, and Gail's like, thank you. And they leave. So they just like come in here, blow up their shit. And then like, just peace out. Like, like fuck underhandedly you. Underhandedly an asshole. Yeah, totally. And, and like Dawson's shook, you know, and he's like, whoa, I, I didn't know that was what was happening with you. you yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and like Dawson's kind of like, you know, is there something you want to tell me? 
And Gail kind of goes to respond, maybe. And then right at that moment, Jen and Henry walk in. Mm-hmm. And Jen's like in this peasant dress and boots. Yeah. And Henry's in this like suit with a ruffled shirt and no tie. <laughs> it's very, they're kind like, of Ren fairy, but yeah, like not yeah, yeah. super Ren fairy, but it's like a little bit Ren fairy. Yeah, definitely. And Constance comes up to them immediately and is like, like, where's the entertainment? What the fuck are you wearing, Henry? <laughs> she's like, perhaps you should go home and change. <laughs> like, this is not appropriate. And Jen just is like, you haven't seen nothing yet. I know. And, and we, she does She does take the blame. She's like, I told him to wear this. Yeah, know? yeah. And we start to hear these voices um, behind us. And this group of drag queens walks in. And it, I love this so much. Is horrified. Horrified. I love it so much. I loved it in 1999. I love it now. Yeah, it's hilarious. Into it, into it. Please bring drag queens to more hoity-toity fucking shit at whole events. Um, we go to the McPhee house. Yeah, and Joey's there with Andy in the kitchen, and and you know, which is good that Joey's following up, following up mm-hmm. with Andy. Mm-hmm. You know, and and Joey wonders if Andy told her dad what happened. And yeah, Andy's like, there's no reason to tell him. And I'm kind of like. I know Joey doesn't really have parents, but like, I, what about Mr. McPhee is like Andy would tell him this. Uh, no, I know. Um, like Andy's exact words are that sh- it's just going to upset him and it's not like anything cataclysmic happened. Yeah. And so Getting like. patriarchy. <laughs> well, and it's like, there's a part. I, exactly. Because there's a part of me that's like, I really wish what this show did in this storyline is like show us how women are constantly made to keep this stuff inside and downplay these events to keep ourselves sane like hold space with other women about it right exactly like like andy kind of like seems to already be downplaying what happened Mm -hmm. you know and like it feels like the it really does feel to me like the show is trying to show us that she faked it in this moment like that's what the show seems to be aiming at and i Again, it makes me very unhappy. Um, and Joey is like, this guy could have hurt you. And yeah. like, sh- I'm like, kind of like, again, this guy did hurt her. So yeah. like, assault does that. And yeah. it- then Andy is like, maybe I overreacted. Yeah. Which again is like the patriarchy being like, well, was it that bad? Was it that bad? You know, do you yeah. have any like visible marks to show that you were assaulted? Right. And, <laughs> and Andy's like, Andy's do you like, think, or Joey's like, do you think you overreacted? And Andy's like, I didn't cry wolf. Yeah. If that's what you're that's saying. What I mean, it's like, I don't think that this is like, it just feels like an authentic story of like, even when I was in high school, like this scene of people being like, I don't know, it was weird, but like, yeah, I don't know. Was it that bad? You know, like I wasn't violently raped. So was it bad? You know? Right. And I mean, that's like, like you know that is the truth of womanhood yeah exactly yeah it's because we let men set the bar at that no i know but like joey is like i was not saying that you cried wolf like i don't yeah she was like i completely believe you and joey like she comes clean she admits that rob came over and and told joey his side of the story right and this is when joey reveals that she feels guilty for not reporting rob like she feels like what happened to andy is her fault yeah yeah and like 
I and that's like another complicated thing too is like you know like I think that's why as we get older like Julia said if I said to her like don't I don't fuck with that guy she would listen to me but the strength that comes from me being like I don't fuck with that guy it only comes when you get older totally and I but I also think like I would just like I mean as a person who has like had people do I mean not assault but like just like kind of sexually harass me yeah and then like just brush it off and be like okay whatever that happened but like I'm just gonna move on and then hearing that they did it to someone else and like the guilt that like I get Joey I I totally get where Joey's from coming from where you're like oh shit the guilt that I feel in that and the guilt that I'm sure Joey feels is like holy shit like if I had stopped this like would this have happened as women normalize these things or like let them pass, like we're not like uphold, we're not holding men accountable. No, you know? but also I get that it's hard sometimes no, to do I that. I completely agree. <laughs> like, of course, but like, you know, these are the lessons you learn when you're like well, constantly as a woman. But, yeah. Like, and he's learning it for the first time of like, totally. oh shit, like, okay. Like, it wasn't just me taking this like behavior because I needed the money and everything. Right. It's like, it's it's like it's societal absolutely (laughs) the patriarchy is and like do i have to live like this like not only do i have to live under the thumb of like abhorrent classism and racism because like i have a half black nephew but now i also am realizing just like the ways in which the patriarchy just upholds all of these elements that are fucking twisted and serve to like make women feel like what they're feeling is happening, what they're seeing, what they think is happening is like not really what happened. Right. Right. I mean, I, you know, definitely. And Andy says like, well, maybe all of this happened for a reason. Maybe something good came out of it. And then tells her that last night her and Pacey got back together. Yeah. And like, and Joey's like, okay, girl, like, and Joey just kind of looks shook. Cause like Andy's like, maybe everything can just go back to the way that it mm-hmm. was. And Joey looks shook. And I like, I hear I'm there. I, I hear that. That's mm-hmm. the fact that that's where Andy is taking it is like, I mean, I get, like, I get if you're, if you've experienced this trauma that like clinging onto something and being like, okay, but I have this now is yeah. like a way of coping with that. But also yeah. like, I get Joey too being like, man like okay this is fucking weird yeah yeah i mean it's super fucking complicated you know i do i do because i do think joey still believes andy i think i don't ever think joey doesn't believe andy yeah i mean i i thought i would feel differently in this episode but i believed her the whole time i believed her the whole time too i i personally believe her story the whole time my contention is that i don't think the show believes her the whole time right right. i don't think so doubt in women exactly exactly i don't think that joe i think joey is never once like she's like yeah rob's a fucking creep and i i think that this is what happened to you totally yeah and i i think andy lays it out too it's just like maybe i like over maybe i saw it differently maybe i reacted or whatever because those are like refrains like women have throughout absolutely whole experience you know absolutely but like so that's where my that's where my point of contention is is that i think like 
as much as I believe her, as much as I think Joey believes her, I think the show is what really like doesn't totally believe her. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So anyway, so we go to the back to the HQ gala. Yeah. And Jen introduces the performers. <laughs> yeah. What are their names? Okay. Really funny. Amanda Reckon with uh-huh. Summer Clarence, Megan Whoopi, <laughs> and my person, my personal favorite. Miss Christianity. <laughs> um, <laughs> those are some great drag names. And we're supposed to get one of the greatest music cues of all times. And I cannot fucking believe they changed it. We are supposed to get, of course, It's Rain and Men by, by the Weather Girls, um, which they do a whole number to and they changed the song. If you watch them lips, it, it's long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you... Did, Julia used to play roller derby. So did, did you look up those names? Are there players? Oh, I didn't. I didn't look them up, but I bet there are. There's so many names now. Yeah, oh yeah. God. Um, there's, uh, there is my favorite derby name. That's Tequila Mockingbird. No, no, no. Oh, okay. That's a good one. Yeah. So this, the first woman I said, um, Amanda reckon with, there's a, yeah. there's a roller derby player called Amanda Jamadinia. Oh. <laughs> and it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> she used to play for Mile High, I think, uh, Denver, um, I believe, cool. but that's been a cool. while. Anyway, so, um, so then Jen goes like to sit back down with Henry and yeah. Henry's like, I got the hots like- for Christy, which I'm like, <laughs> I love, I love a, it. I love a modern man who can I admit know. that he's in love. He, he, that a drag queen looks good. Exactly. Yeah. And Henry's just like, Constance is going to be so mad. Mm-hmm. And Jen's like, no, I think she's going to get it. And Henry's like, get what? And she's like, drag queens, homecoming queens, all dressing up to play the role. It, yeah. What's the, the difference? Thing, the same thing. And then the- Jen asks Henry to dance. Yeah, because the drag queens start pulling these old white men up out of their chairs to dance with them, which like, oh, God, just sign me up for watching that all day long. And um, and yeah, they get up to dance. And I mean, first of all, it is impossible to not get up and dance and sing to It's Raining Men like that. Just like not able to. I know. And we, of course, see confirmation of that because even Constance is tapping her foot. Yeah. Um, Constance, like at the table and her face is just like her one eyebrow raise you uh-huh. know? and then they like pan down and her foot stomping <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> i mean most, out of time but but the, you know i know it's like the most waspy i'm having fun <laughs> <laughs> stomping your foot out of time yeah so then we go to the boat yard where yeah, andy, andy shows up with a basket of gifts and she's all giddy yeah and, and she's like you know, I thought like you could use some like a woman's touch on the true love. And she gives Pacey a skipper's hat and a pair of topsiders. Uh-huh. And Pacey puts on the hat. And I got to say, Josh, like rocking that, <laughs> rocking that hat. He kind of looks good in it. <laughs> not every man could pull off a skipper's hat like that. I, no, definitely not. And he starts having doubts and then starts in on the boat metaphor. Oh, boy. Do we we just right into the metaphor? Yeah. And And he's just like, you know, sometimes I just get the feeling it's harder to rebuild something than it is to start from scratch. Right. And Andy, she's smart. (laughs) Yeah, she immediately knows that this is a metaphor. (laughs) Her face drops. Yeah, she's like, oh, fuck. And And, And he's like, you know. 
she asks why, like, why is it harder to start yeah. from scratch? And he says that the picture you have in your mind about how something was, like, it's never going to be that way again. And it kind of depends on how damaged it was in the first place. And then she sort of very meekly asks, like, like well, how damaged was it? And Pacey's and like, like, beyond repair. It was totaled. Yeah. Oh, my God. And she starts crying and she's like, let's drop the metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, we made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And that's OK. So this is when she says, what did we do? We didn't do anything. And I feel like in the 20 plus years since this episode, I still can't quite get a handle on whether or not they had sex. I always think I that they did. Right. I always yeah, think yeah. that they did. And then we get to this line and she says, like, we didn't even do anything. And I'm like, wait, so they didn't? Right. You're right. I guess just because in TV storytelling, when someone drops you off in the morning, it usually means you fucked. But you're totally right. I mean, you're totally right, right. too. That is, yeah. But like, and every time I'm like convinced in the first part where they're like, I'm like, okay, so they had sex last night. I was right. I was like, I'm right. And then we get to this and I'm always like, well, wait a minute. Did they? (laughs) You're totally right. Yeah. Yeah, It's very confusing to me. I mean, it kind of doesn't matter, but like it's, it's confusing. Yeah. And like, and she just is like, look, I, last night I never felt happier than since I came back from the clinic, you know? I mean, can, can people please just like, like see the red flags waving? Can like anyone see a red flag waving? About this clinic? About Andy. I, I mean about the clinic, yeah. But like the fact that she's like, I haven't since last night I have not been happy since I left the clinic. Like, that's a red flag. I know. Why are you not asking if she's okay? I know. <laughs> and like again, I think this story like the storytelling for Andy could have been just so much more compelling like oh, her totally. follow-ups with her like are is she still in therapy like <laughs> how's her meds going <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? like, anything like, anything what's going on here you know yeah and and he is like that's the thing we used to be so in sync and now we're not yeah we're having these opposite reactions to the exact same event and she's just like, don't punish me. Yeah. And he, oh my God, I really liked this. He's like, I'm not. That would imply you did something wrong. <laughs> my note was like, have I mentioned that, that I love Pacey lately? Because I love Pacey. I like swoon. Oh, like, yeah. Like, oh my God. Yeah. You know, like, oh. And she just is like, I slept with someone six months ago and I just want you to forgive me. And she's like sobbing. Yeah, she is. And this is the thing is like, this is how they're out of sync because. Because Pacey's like, if they see this event so differently, she's just like, you need to, you just need to forgive me. Right. It was a mistake. And, and Pacey's just like, I can do that. But like what I need is to like, feel safe and secure with someone and I, I won't ever feel that way with you yeah because he was like you know he goes even if you wanted to maybe it wasn't wrong like maybe it was your heart's way of telling you that I'm not the one because yeah. what my heart is telling me is that you're not the one yeah which hurts I mean Ugh. that's her- that hurts that it's a nice way I to re- say it but it hurts so bad <laughs> yeah like I remember 
this part from when I first saw this episode because Mm -hmm. I just loved Pacey and Andy. Me too. Me too. So much. I just loved. They had the best relationship on the show. You know, and you're like, oh my god! Like, and when they broke up in the second episode, I was like devastated like oh my god and so like you know a tv teen show like you think they're gonna get back together in this episode you know you're like oh my god oh my god yay yeah like they're gonna get back together and like I want to see that you know yeah and like when he says that you're like like that's why I think he has to say something so nice before he like breaks your heart heart. yeah (laughs) you don't hate him yeah yeah he's like you didn't you know, I'm, I'm not punishing you. That would imply you did something wrong. You're like, oh my God, he's such a good person. And he's then he's totally, like, like, they're totally going to get back together. And then he like stands firm and like, yeah. you know, and like, I feel for both of them, you know, like, yeah. I, I totally do, you know, and it's just like some people, their boundary is no cheating, you know? And yeah. Like, this is something you have to talk about in relationships is like, what's your boundary for for cheating what is yeah yeah mean, sure you know? yeah like I've told my boyfriend I don't think he would ever do this but I'm like if you get drunk and make out with someone that's on you yeah that's on you you best not be telling me that <laughs> <laughs> that's on you man I'm not trying to hear that yeah know? yeah yeah well like yeah I mean but like if yeah it's like if you have if you have an affair with someone like I, I wouldn't fuck with you no no, and I think that's, you know, that's fair. I, yeah. I mean, you know, I think that, yeah, I think there are some people that can get past it and some people that can't, and that's fine. And I think when you're 16, it's really fucking hard to get past that. There's no way you could do no, that. No, I mean, right. no, no, no. And like, It would just set up an uneven power dynamic where Andy was always trying to prove herself to Pacey. Absolutely. And I think, like, I like, what I like about that scene so much is, like, I get where both of them are coming from. Like, I think that both of them are coming from a really, like, a place where they just deeply love each other. Yeah. And Pacey's like, this is what I need. And Andy's like, this is what I want. And he's like, I can't give you that. Yeah. And, like, that's actually, I mean, that's actually a really healthy way to end a relationship. Absolutely. And to say, like, you want this thing that I can't give you, so we can't be together. Yeah, and it's not like we're gonna fucking try, and it's gonna come crumbling down in flames. And we're gonna like (laughs) Dawson and Joey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it's like you know, it's it's like instead of when Dawson and Joey, when Dawson came to Joey about her dad, she like basically being like, "I can't give you the thing that you want me to give you," and him being like, "Okay, then this is over, and I'm gonna do the thing that I think is right." Yeah, You know, like, instead, they do this complicated thing that just like, you know, it's like, they're, then there's nothing. Yeah, exactly. And with this, it's like, I think what's so compelling about Pacey in this, particularly Pacey, is like, he does not want Andy out of his life. Yeah. He is just trying to say, I'm not going to be romantically involved with you. Yeah, like... I just can't do that. I just can't do that because of what you did. I don't trust you. And like that doesn't. It's just not the relationship I want. I don't want to be in a relationship with someone I don't trust, you know? Totally. Totally. I mean, great. As sad as that scene is, and I'm with you, like I remember how sad I was about it because I was also crushed by Pacey and Joe, or I mean, Pacey and Andy breaking up. Yeah. Um, You know, 
I think they both play it so well. And I do, I think that scene is written so well. And like, that's the the thing that makes me mad about when they fuck up storylines is because like, they actually, these were good writers that had the ability to do it right and did these like interesting nuanced storylines that did change paradigms and did change power dynamics that Mm -hmm. we're used to seeing. So when they do this shit, this other shit, like the shit where they kind of like put in this doubt about Andy that makes me really angry because I'm like, you have the power to do it right. And you're right. not fucking using it. Yeah. 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 You know, you know, and we go over to the gala and everyone's having fun. And Constance is like, the evening was a total success. Yeah. And Jen is like, look, I owe you an apology. Like mm-hmm. I intended to shock you, but then I saw past this facade and I actually like enjoyed being homecoming queen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so this is like one of part of Jen's like journey of being like, yeah, like, you know, the patriarchy tells us to hate all these different tropes of women, you know, Mm -hmm. to learn that with cheerleading and now with homecoming queen. I mean, women can still be complicated assholes, but like hating someone because of a definition is like not what we should be doing. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And, and um and so then Constance like talks to Jen about Hank about Henry. Uh-huh. And just the is this the first time? No, it's not. J- Joey's dad stepped in and talked to her yeah. about Dawson or Dawson yeah, about yeah. her. So this is like a theme on Dawson's Creek of adults like adults getting involved <laughs> in the love life of like teenagers it's super weird so here we are again and she's like henry adores you he talks talks about you nonstop, and like she's like you know your presence in his life has like awakened something in him but that does not seem like the sentiment is mutual and jen flat out says the sentiment is not mutual yeah yeah and then constant tells this hella goth story oh my god i said the same thing I said, I was like, this is so goth. Okay, let's go, Aaron. And like, should we get your roommate Marissa to narrate this for us? She's a goth. And she's Constance is like, I had a lover too. Mm, yes. And um, one time he took me to his mother's gravesite and proposed to me on the anniversary of her death. Second anniversary of her death. Like that is goth as. Fuck. Holy shit. Jen is like drooling at how goth it is. She's like, that is goth as fuck. It's like one step away from, um, what's her name? Who Mary, Mary Wall Stonecraft who lost her virginity on her mother's grave or something like that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Look her up. She's goth as fuck. She used to keep her husband's heart in a jar too or something (laughs) around or like part of it around her neck in a necklace. Yeah, and <clears throat> yeah. Constance like, yeah, but then he like left me for like the person who sold him a Cadillac and like I've been alone ever since. Yeah. Sorry, not Mary Wollstonecraft, Mary Shelley. But yes. Oh okay. um the um yeah, so so she's like, I've been alone. Like I got my heart broken and like that was it for me. And she was like she tells Jen like this the point like her heart the heart is a fragile thing. Break it too badly and it might never recover. And I'm like I do feel sad for this lady and her weird, like Mrs. Haversham ways, but also like this, she said it was when she was 17 and I'm like, 
And it just is kind of unbelievable for who they make this character to be, yeah. you know, yeah. like because she's rich. She obviously is a society girl. Like, yeah, just like all of her power would come from having a husband, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. you know, so it's unbelievable to me that like this event, event that happens like she. I don't really get it, you know, that like that would totally like traumatize her to the point where yeah. she wouldn't seek a partner or a husband to and, like get not even power friends. in society. Not even friend. Like she doesn't have anyone seemingly. Yeah. You know? Well that's because she's not married though, you know. Yeah, so that would be like that's just unfortunately how that works in that era of of people you know okay so then we go to the greenhouse and henry is showing jen flowers again yeah and so yeah jen realizes that she like kind of can't toy with dudes you know yeah yeah particularly henry like like henry is not chris from season two right like i just mean like her takeaway isn't like oh i could be like constance her takeaway is like henry could be like constance yeah totally (laughs) totally um, and Henry shows her these flowers again, and then he, like, goes to kiss her. Yeah, and Jen stops him. She's like, no, is, yeah. It's so interesting. Our two most of evol- people that are trying to have their, bo- working on having their sexual boundaries stop people from kissing them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And the two people who are, who, you know, who both aren't virgins, who probably have the most sexual experience of anyone yeah, in the group. Yeah, been sexually assaulted, so they have to work, like, yeah. you know, yeah. So Jen's like, you know, I like we're it's cool for us to like be friends, but like I don't want to like she flat out says like I do not want to kiss you, I don't want to date you. And then he pressures her. Yes, he does. He says and he's in love with her. Well, he pressures her and is like, "But you asked me on a date." Oh yeah. And she's like, "So?" And then he love bombs her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he says I mean, <laughs> he's like, "But I love you." That's bananas. The fact and that he says that. I know. And, and love bomb is like more of a new term. It's not a new concept. We just developed a term for it, sure, you know, sure. where like you make a girl feel dizzy with like how much you act like you're into them. And like, then you're really not. And it right. feels really scary as a girl because you're like, whoa, where are my instincts in that moment? You yeah. Know? <laughs> because you were be- totally being lied to and manipulated. <laughs> Like, yeah yeah well uh, and also i mean i i really liked what you said the other day or a couple of weeks ago about henry just thinking jen's hot yeah. like he doesn't know her really he just thinks she's really hot and she says right here like you're not in love with me you don't even know me yeah like so how can you be in love with me right and just like i mean how do we as a society start teaching ourselves about the difference between love and lust I mean, that's my, you know, I think like we keep coming back to this, but like, that's where I am is it's like, Henry, no, she gives you a boner. Like, yeah, which is fine. Like, go, go take care of that. You know, go have, you know, have some, some fantasies about that. But like, she is not interested in you. Well, and also, why does it matter if he loves her? Like, it's just like, okay, even if you do quote love her, he, you don't, but like, okay, at this point you think you do. Yeah. She, she's not into you. So that right. doesn't, your feelings are not really her responsibility. Like Absolutely. she can't like manipulate you and be fucked up to you, but like, she doesn't have to do anything with the fact that you quote love her. <laughs> Absolutely. And toxic bro. Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. And Henry's like, you know, well, are you worried about the age difference? Like we're not even two years apart. And Jen's like, you know, 
a lot happens in those two years, which yeah. is very true. Um, and hen- so she just like, look, like I was sexually assaulted when I was 12. Like yeah. I've been having sex now for like four years. Like, you know, you couldn't even talk to me until like just, one second ago. Till, yeah. So like it, it, it's not even about an age thing. It's about like just an experience level and about like where we're coming from. You right. Know? And like Jen's or Henry says, I can still care about you more than anyone ever has. And then Jen says, well, no offense, but that's not saying too much. And I was like, oof, oof, God, Jen. Um, but it's the fucking truth, I know, you know? I know, And, like, she, it's just like, what? Like, again, it's, like, circling back to, like, you don't fucking know me, man. Right. Like, <laughs> and, like, how do you... So how could you even just... He's just love-bombing her and manipulating her. No, absolutely. Like, so fucking twisted to watch. And she is like shook by what he's doing. And then finally she says this really fucking insightful thing where she's just like, look, until I can look at myself without judgment or condemnation, I'm not ready for anyone. It's yeah. Like equivalent of like, you can't date someone until you love yourself. My friend <laughs> was like complaining that people kept saying that to her. Uh-huh. And my boyfriend told her like, everyone hates themselves. So that's not what they're saying. Right, know? right, right. And it's like, you just need to be in a place where you like can't be manipulated where you don't judge yourself where you're exactly. cool with what you're doing you exactly. know like and so she says it in this way that is so much more healthy and spot on and right like, you can't date till you love yourself like yeah know? yeah yeah no i agree with you i was i was really blown away by it too and i just like i think that jen is like it's like right now what we're seeing is like jen pacey and a little bit joey are the people who are like really doing the work like, yeah. you know, doing the work to, to like, m- make themselves better in a way that they want to be better. Like, you know, and I, I hate putting, like, quantifying judgment on that stuff. But, like, you know, that Jen's basically like, look, I've had a rough time and I've made some fucking terrible decisions. And, like, yeah. I'm trying not to do that. And the way I do that is I respect myself. And, like, and then Henry tells Jen that, like, she broke his heart. And she walks away. He walks away, <laughs> which is kind of shitty. I mean, like, whatever. He can think whatever he wants, but like, yeah, it's just like, okay, All right. <laughs> and you know, it's like for someone who claims he loves her, like, it, you know, she, he has no space to like listen to her, to like hear her out, yeah. to like, you know, give her space for what she's saying. Yeah, so it's like, fuck you. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. So we uh, go to Dawson and Gail, who yeah. are like inside talking about the fact that Gail didn't tell Dawson that she lost her job. Yeah. And he's like, she's just like, how could I tell you to like c- accomplish your dreams if I wasn't able to accomplish mine? And I'm like, whoa, Gail. <laughs> also, whoa. parents, normalize telling your kids when you fail. It's like actually good for them to see it. I know. Yeah, totally. Um, whoa Gail and Dawson's like you didn't fail and like you don't look old you look great yeah I'm like I I was like not great advice but I appreciate the sentiment he's trying I mean he's trying it's like a weird because like I'm triggered by their relationship absolutely so it's just like him trying to like build her up like you look great you know you don't look old Dawson has replaced Mitch in this scenario I'm like whoa this is not a healthy boundary or dynamic for a mother-son relationship you know absolutely and like again like you know 
there's a like I want to push Dawson to be better and I want him I would rather him be like wow is that fucked up that they would would like tell you you're too old also I mean illegal um, I know, I but like, like <laughs> that's called ageism. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. But like, but also, you know, it's like, I think Dawson's trying to address just the, the like literal thing that's right in front of him. And I'm like, Dawson, widen your scope a little bit, you yeah, know? Totally. I mean, and then, you know, just Dawson, he kind of makes it about him and he's like, are you coming back to town, mm-hmm. you know? And like, there's kind of no reason for you to stay in Philly. And I like, I agree with him here. Yeah. It's kind of like, sure. I mean, I'm here. Like what's going on? Like, yeah. I don't have a job. Why are you there? You yeah. Know? And, and she- Gail is just like, oh, it's complicated, you know? And I feel this more now that I know that Gail grew up in Cape side. I'm like, I mean, yeah, like I can see being like, meh. Maybe yeah. not. Like, maybe we're not going back there right now. Everyone knows I had an affair. Yeah. I got divorced. Yeah. And then I, like, go to get this big job. And, like, you know, because Gail's a successful woman. We even saw, like, the cattiness that she got, you know, just in this episode. Sure. We can only imagine just how fucked up it would be in, for, in town where, like, the women there would probably be low-key stoked she failed. Absolutely. I think you're right. I think you're right. You know? And, like, that... Ugh, it's just like why would I want to go back to that I'm have my life has completely changed maybe I just want to like stay in Philly you know um yeah and Dawson's just kind of like look at the very least you should talk to to Mitch yeah like, you know? like he has known you forever like he could help you in this you know and, and he's like while I'm just like Dawson's stop getting involved like oh my god and they haven't had a real conversation like in so long seasons in so long yeah and and like dawson's kind of like you know you could really use a friend like dad right now like you know and like and dawson's like you know just tell him the truth like what's the worst that can happen and then gail says like he could help me and we could become friends again and i'm like what is this storyline like i get that they needed to just like have the the idea of Gail coming back to Cape Side be like like she can't be away forever, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like at the same time, I'm just like, how are we getting here? Because like this seems all over the place. You know, Gail's like not really well, Gail seeming. Doesn't have other friends, not even a fake friend like Mitch. She had to ask Grams for marital advice. <laughs> yes, you I, know? Oh, like, I do. Okay, I do know. You know, and so yeah, and it's like I get it that she doesn't have other friends, which is why she is like inappropriately inundating her teenage son with some of this information. But yeah. like, also, I also get like you know, hey, if she's never really been away from this town, or she went away for a little while and then came back, like. Yeah, I I also get her being like, "Hey, look, like, you know, yeah, fresh start, yeah, yeah, exactly." So totally, and like Mitch has just been kind of whack to her, was like hot and cold with her for like a while, you know, and then at the end, just was like asked her to stay, yeah, super 
fucked up. Like, you know, oh, yeah. this opportunity, like stay with me, even though like I haven't been straight up with you about how I feel. And I was like dating my coworker, which is fine. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Flaunting that, like manipulating this other woman and flaunting her in front of your face. But like, no, no, now choose me. Right. It's like, Ugh. Yeah, it's you know? a mess. It's a whole mess. Whole and mess. like all we've seen of Mitch this season is him being a piece of shit. So I'm like, Dawson, would he give good advice? Like, <laughs> he told you not to take this like opportunity to get a, a filmed piece that you created yeah. on TV. Yeah. So that he could win a high school football game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. I think these are all fair assessments. Yeah. <laughs> It's weird because, like, they didn't have a real storyline for Dawson in this episode. I know. I, like, I had the same thing. As I was like, is this the first episode where we don't have, like, a real Dawson through line? Like, he's just yeah. kind of there a little bit. Yeah, they just had to add a storyline for him. That's yeah. Like super weird. Yeah. But, yeah, then we cut to the Potter house. Oh, and Andy, Andy is yelling at Yelling at Joey. Joey. She's like, oh, you just ran and told Pacey that I made up that story about Rob you know, to get Pacey back. And now he like broke up with me. Like, you know, well, she's like, Andy is like, she's not accusing Joey of like, of like trying to break them up, but she's like, because you told him now he broke up with me. Yeah. And like, you're supposed to be my friend. And like, you know, Joey's like, I haven't talked to Pacey in like two fucking days. Don't tell him anything. Yeah. And I know you didn't make that up. I know right. you would never do anything hurtful and wrong, which I actually do think is true. Like Andy is very like straight up with her like more morals, you know, like, I mean, I, mean, I don't know. Like, is the, but is the wait, 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 Aaron. Is that true? I mean, she just stole the PSAT. But like, I, that's not really hurting anyone. Sure. Like, I mean, like, again, I think something happened to her at the clinic. So having sex with someone is like, I don't know. No, no, no. I'm with you. I'm with you. I just, you know, my thing is like, you know, I, I think like, I think that I, like I said, I believe that Andy is telling the truth and it's what's, what's very disturbing to me about this scene is that she is like so kind of like just comes at Joey and Joey is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, and is kind of like, you know, what the, like, okay, when did Pacey break up with you? Like what the fuck happened? And get back together. Like what happened here? You know? Yeah. And she's like, Andy's like, you know, he broke up with me and owled him. I made this up the story about Rob to get him back. And Joey's like, look, like, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that that didn't cross my mind at some point, but, like, I didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so this is what I mean. I, like, I think that that's true. I think that Joey believed it the whole time, but yeah. I think that scene in the kitchen where Andy, like, you know, is kind of like, well, me and Pacey got back together, so, you know, maybe it's all for the best. Like, I can see it cross her mind in that moment and then be like, man, yeah. no, I don't believe that. Totally. And Joey's like, you know, I know I mean, you. I just think that's the complicated things about these situations is that you, it always crosses your mind, unfortunately, sure. you know, cause sure. you're like, wait, what happened? Like, you know, you know, and then, yeah. and then you're kind of like, does it, it doesn't matter. Cause you're right. like in your head, like, well, did she actually say no? And you're like, does it fucking matter? No, she, she, she right. didn't like what happened. So right. that's it. Right. That guy's a piece of shit. So that's uh, it. Too, yeah. You know, and like, if it just, uh, you know, but of course you're going to, 
you're going to have these really complicated feelings. Which Absolutely. Like fucks you up on your own too. Yeah. You yeah. know, you're just like, whoa, I why do did know. I think that? Yeah. Like what, yeah. you know, I do way that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're all trained to think that shit. Um, and so Andy like then kind of gets quiet and walks away and she's like, you know, cause Joey's like, yeah, I know you, like, I know you wouldn't do this. And Andy's like, you don't know me. Okay. Like, you don't know what I'm capable of when I set my sights on something. And this yeah. is the part where I'm like, okay, well, so she did make it up. Like, is that what she's trying to say? Cause like, I don't she's believe talking that. about the PSATs. Like or is said. she talking about the PSATs? Yeah. And like, then Joey tells her she's a stubborn and determined person. There's nothing wrong with that, which is like fucking true. Yeah. And Annie's like, no, it's more like all I can see is when, what's in front of me and what I want. And then everything else gets pushed away. And Joey, like me, is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are we talking about here? And I'm like, what coping skills did you get in this fucking? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, demand a refund. Stole her dad's money. Demand a refund. Some real fucking shit went down. Yeah. So Andy's like, you know, I'm talking about Pacey. I love him and I need him. And then she like says, the truth is, and she pauses and she's like, I don't know what the truth is anymore. Yeah. And Joey comes up and sits next to her and let her, lets her cry, like puts her arm around her and lets her cry. Yeah. And I just like, I, like I said, I don't know what we're supposed to take from this. Like, I, I, right. it makes me mad. I feel like it's a storyline I want to be here cheering for, like for them doing this and for them like tackling this and for them tackling a story of these two women who like, like get to be there for like that Joey gets to be there for another woman fucking finally after yeah. two and a half seasons of us being like, hey, you should yeah. have girlfriends. Hey, be there for someone. Hey, it's like we finally get this moment where she like has a real opportunity to be there for someone and she is there for someone and they both kind of get to stand up to this shitty rich white dude. Yeah. And then like we have to like be like, okay, is she feeling guilty about the PSAT? Is she worried she that like is did she make up this Rob story? Like I can't tell yeah, if she's traumatized and hiding this. Totally. Like the storytelling just needs another angle about Andy, right. you know, like you wish that like Jack was there so she could go home and tell Jack, yeah. like, get her like an, the other perspective of it, you know, yeah, just yeah. being like, I don't know. I like, I just started, like, I went to go kiss someone else. And then like, I, all I could think about was Pacey and right. like how much I miss him and like, you know, and then how like miserable I am and blah, 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 blah. And I freaked out. And then like, and then also then being like, so I don't know, did something bad happen? Like, I right. don't know, was it just me? Like, you know, right. or whatever, like it just so much of that or like, but it's also coupled with the fact that like, Rob is not a safe person. Absolutely. Know? So she Absolutely. would already, and in her mind, she knows that from Joey telling her. Right. That, or like, or she has like an idea of that. Sure. So she could be like, okay, well, if I said no, would he have listened? Then right. now that I invited him to this room, so right. like, does that mean that I have to do this? Absolutely. And like all this stuff, which is why it's like this really complicated thing that happened. And I find like Andy's like take on it actually really compelling in this sense where she's like okay well maybe like what this just happened so that I could get back with Pacey you know yeah. and like just kind of like um 
you know, rationalizing it in her head for this reason, you know? Sure. Um, but, uh, I just think that it needs another, just another little beat. Exactly. And that, but that's my thing is that like, that's why I'm so critical of this storyline. Cause I think they get so close to telling a really nuanced, interesting, groundbreaking storyline i mean groundbreaking for 1999 and then they just kind of like it falls flat you know totally i mean the things that i like i do like that joey never once brings up andy's mental health does not it never comes up in in like joey thinking or pacey anyone thinking that like yeah you know she like there's no like she made it up because she's crazy you know like that none of that none of that but also i feel like andy's mental health like there are red flags fucking flapping in the breeze left right and center and no one is picking up on them and like if your friend is assaulted they need mental health help period the end if your friend that's already struggled with mental health is assaulted they really need mental health help yeah. So like, you know, and, and so this is like, this is my thing with just from what I have read and what the beginning of this season feels like, I feel like they put Alex Ganza in charge of this show, a man who did not give a flying fuck about the teenage girls that were watching the show. Um, and I think the way the story was broken out is sort of irresponsible. And I think you're talking to a demographic. You know, in 1999, the people you're talking to are demographic that are almost guaranteed to experience something. Yeah. And you make this plot about that maybe this crazy chick was assaulted so she could get back with her boyfriend. And like you, you get so close to actually not making it about that and then fall flat. And it like just fucking pisses me off because I'm like, I'm like, we so, you know, and I, it pisses me off from a, from a perspective of someone that now 21 years later is like, we're just kind of like dealing with this culture mm-hmm. of this shit, you know, that, that lets someone like Rob Logan get away with everything that he gets away with in these episodes. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, it makes me mad because, you know, this was a show that all these teenage girls were watching. Why wasn't this handled better yeah i also want to say that this is rob logan's last episode and he can fuck entirely off i hope he is somewhere <laughs> suffering the consequences to his actions like so glad we're done with rob logan goodbye yeah. fuck that guy yeah uh so then we get um just a montage of there's a music cue that's supposed okay. to be eve by chantal kreviazek and oh. i think it's kind of funny that the name of the song is eve is eve yeah mm. And it's like Andy and crying and Joey's holding her, comforting, comforting yeah. her. And Jen um, walks back into the gala uh-huh. and Constance is taking shots with drag queen. I mean, I, like, can I just be at the, I miss drag shows so much, Erin. Like, <laughs> I cannot wait to go back to Hamburger Mary's drag queen bingo when we uh-huh. get to go back to bars. I just like. I know. <laughs> I I'm going to be there the first week we're allowed. 
So, and then Henry's all like sad and walking along the boardwalk by the river. Yeah, and I'm like, why is he in this montage? I don't give a fuck about I mean, him. again, again, they, like, I feel like they so often try to put us into Henry's perspective when Henry is not a main character that we care yeah. about at all. Exactly. So, and then we see Gail is talking to Mitch on the porch uh-huh. of the Leary house, and Pacey is sanding his boat. Uh huh. And Joey is. Then we go back. back to Joey's comforting Andy, mm-hmm. and then we fade. To and black. again, it's like interesting that we don't see what Dawson is doing. <laughs> no, no, Dawson is gone. Um, yeah. Uh, very interesting. I mean, he, he almost didn't even <laughs> need to. And perhaps, I mean, one of the things that sort of was enlightening about Gina's interview is like listening yeah. to her talk about sometimes, you know, they had movies to shoot yeah. and they could only be in these really, you know, they could only do a day or two of work exactly. for the week before they had to fly somewhere else to shoot a movie. Exactly. Yeah. Like, okay. So I, I, I gotta say, happen. sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, maybe that was what was happening. Maybe that was what was happening. I think Kerr Smith was probably shooting something because he's not in the next episode as well. Yeah, he's not in it. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, totally. Um, So I just want to say that I think this is my least favorite episode of the season, of season Mm -hmm. three. Um, I mean, there's stuff I like in it, like the drag queen stuff, but um, it just, it makes me very frustrated. Yeah, I mean, from the storytelling standpoint, it's, it's definitely problematic it shows it was written by men you know Mm -hmm. like that's very telling um Mm -hmm. i think it it just would have benefited from like just a one more beat one more angle yeah no i agree i think that's i think that's a good assessment yeah um because like again like seeing it from the gaze of 2020 i think that like the way andy's feeling is super authentic Mm -hmm. yeah and um you know spot on i agree know? yeah i agree and i i actually i agree that we were supposed to think like in you know um 1999 that like oh did she lie you know right. and um i i actually didn't feel that way one time watching it this, mm-hmm. this time you know it's like no she just feels fucking complicated and and like maybe like maybe like she does feel like oh maybe I did overreact you know but like that doesn't mean that, like she lied yeah yeah I mean I, I just th- think when some things trigger you they will trigger you and you're just gonna, you don't know what to do so that you're like ah you know and then when you look back you're like oh okay maybe he wasn't forcing himself on me but that doesn't mean I didn't feel fucking triggered Absolutely. And I I think that that's totally right. I think the thing that the thing that makes me so mad is that I know what I've, I remember, but you know, feeling, how you felt. Yeah. I remember feeling the intent and I and looking at it from my 2020 perspective. I think that the intent behind sort of making us feel like maybe she wasn't. Yeah, telling the truth. You, just, you wish that like, and it, it sucks as I actually do think Meredith Monroe is a good actress. I do too. I do too. But you, you see sometimes Michelle Williams, she gets these horrible scripts and she like, she, 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 she flips she it on the head. Kind of, exactly. Yeah. And so you kind of wish that Meredith Monroe had done that with the problematic lines. Yeah. Instead of delivering them the way that these white men wanted her yep. to if mm-hmm. she had done it in this way you know and meredith monroe isn't a millennial so like that there's something to be said about that sure, you sure, know sure um 
you know, the only actress is a millennial is Michelle Williams yeah. on this show. Uh, so like you kind of wish that maybe she had made a few different choices that would have like made the storytelling less like this is what a white man wrote and this is what we yeah. want it to be. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So who are you rooting for? I mean, I'm rooting for Andy to get through what she's going through. Yeah. You know, I think, I think we've seen her go through a hell of a lot and I want her to, um, I want her mental health to be okay. I want her to be okay. I'm also rooting for Pacey to get through what he's going through. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's hard. I think what they're both going through is hard. I think I'm, I mean, I think I'm all, I'm rooting for Jen, you know, Jen, just like, I like that she had this moment of like, huh, this wasn't exactly what I thought. Right. You know, and like, maybe I don't mind being the homecoming queen. And maybe it doesn't mean that I'm going to be some shithole person like my mother. Um, you know, and that's kind of cool. Um, I also like for Jen that she's understanding like the, just the, the 360 of power dynamics, you know, cause she's generally in a position where the man has all the power over her mm -hmm. and she's seeing like what it's like on the other side, sure. you know, and like how like her actions like have consequences as well, yeah. you know, because like, I don't think she really liked Dawson when she came into Cape side, but that's just what she normally did. It's like, Oh, this guy likes me. So I'm going to go for it, yeah, you yeah. know? And like, it ended up with her having a real tough second season because she didn't have any friends. Yeah. She didn't, you know, it's really hard. Yeah. And if she had been, uh, and of course she needed to go through all of these experiences to get where she is now. But if she had come, you know, into Cape side being like, no, let's just all be friends. Like, you know, it, that probably would have been cool that she knew the power in this, this uh, dynamic, you mm -hmm. know, that she held. Mm -hmm. So I, I like seeing that, you know, I'm rooting for Gail. I yeah, mean, Gail's that's kind of wild, but uh, man, she should really file an, a claim <laughs> yeah, the EEOC. Should. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I will again say, like you said, that I guess the showrunner like hated the show and just had a real like loathing of teen women uh -huh. because this episode is actually really dynamic. I wonder if that's Berlanti's take on yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's a, it's all the story about, just the complicatedness of being a woman, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we see it at like the teenage point, the midlife point, And then like, you know, so that we see the three generations sure, of women, sure. you know, but it bothers me that the episode's called secrets and lies. Yep. You know, that's just yeah. like, it's just like a kind of a slap in the face to women, you know? I, like, I was thinking, I looked up the movie Secrets and Lies to see when it came out to be like, oh, was this, like, the year it won all the Oscars? And no, it was, like, 96. So, you know, mm -hmm. I was just like, because, again, because there's no rhyme or reason to these title, episode titles. You yeah, know, yeah. like, it's not like, you know... Grey's Anatomy yeah, is all song titles and, and, and like... I didn't know this is what it was called. No, totally. So I... I try, I keep trying to ascribe meaning to them and I kind of think like they don't have any. Yeah. You know? <laughs> totally. So it's like, but I, I'm with you, but it feels meaningful when a, an episode that mostly revolves around the women in Cape side is called secrets and lies. Yeah. And, and like, again, going back to my point about like, is Andy lying? 
you know, and, and that what, and that's what the show wants you to be musing over is like, is Andy lying? Like it's called secrets and lies. Like I know you yeah, can yeah. take like, you know, it's like, no, Andy is spinning. <laughs> oh no. Andy needs, Andy needs help. And like, no one is really being like, Hey, this person needs help. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really hard to watch her journey. Yeah. Yeah. All right. For our listener corner, Mm. this is from Frankie. Yeah. Says, I have a question for the listener corner. Sorry for my poor English. He's from Germany, but I'm impressed with how good his English is. Better than my German, Frankie. Better than my German. We're American and, um, you know, we're assholes and live in white supremacy where we're told that we only should speak English and it's fucked up. But anyways, we're we're Californians. So we're, we speak a couple of terrible Spanish phrases. (laughs) I can speak. I can speak enough Spanish Spanish to get by actually. Yeah. But yeah, but I actually was talking to, sorry, Frankie, but (laughs) yeah, we will get to your question. I was talking, I've been talking to my friends about this a lot because like, this is the ways in which white supremacy like holds us back even Mm. as white people is that like I didn't speak a good amount of Spanish and my uncle's from Mexico City and like I was there with him I don't know like a year ago or whatever and I was talking to his some of his family members and he's like your Spanish is so good and I was like no it's not yeah it's horrible like you know and that's because we're conditioned that if someone speaks English with an accent that they're like bad or that their English yeah. isn't good or whatever. Yeah. So then when we go to speak another language, we're intimidated because white supremacy is in our mind. Yeah, you know? yeah. And when my uncle says to me, your Spanish is good, I don't believe him. Right. And then my friend was like, yeah, but like that's because he's lying. And I was like, when you hear someone speak English and you say your English is good, are you lying? And he's like, no. And I was like, so he's not lying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's being me. Whenever I hear someone like attempt English I'm like your English is so good like when we were in Colombia like this group of students accosted us because like my boyfriend and I are white you know and like they they're like we're doing a project for school and they needed to practice their English okay okay and so they went off and I was like damn your English is so good I know (laughs) you know and then like I do know like I had to answer back in Spanish I was like I'm humiliated I I just got the plane I'm tired but like they were like the same no no we know what you're saying yeah it's like fine but anyway I also like I think there's always just a moment of pride when like someone when like like I speak I speak Spanish not fluently and I speak Italian not fluently like I can get by in both of those but I'm not by any means fluent in either yeah yeah and like when I I I did a backpacking trip to Italy um for like a month like a long 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 time ago um yeah and like toward by the end it's like I get pretty fluent like I yeah yeah, you know it all comes back to me yeah yeah yeah. and um and this one guy I was renting a hotel and I was speaking to him Italian and at at a like I spoke to him for like maybe 10 minutes before he was like is it easier for you if I speak English and I was like oh yeah it definitely (laughs) is trying to pick out your accent (laughs) well yeah and it like it's one of those things where like you realize like it's nice I mean it's so nice to be able to go to Europe and like not have to know seven languages to travel yeah. around Europe. Yeah, 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 totally. It is nice. But also like, man, just being an American sometimes is so like, <laughs> you're like, I'm sorry, everything needs to cater to me because I'm so helpless. 
back to Frankie. Um, you seem very excited for season three. Can you remember how you felt when you watched it live? I was so disappointed. In Germany, we have to wait almost two years for it. And I was the nerd kid, the gay kid, the no sports person at my high school. And Dawson showed me in the first two seasons that there are people like me out there. I was so disappointed about the start of season three. I would really like to know your point of view. <laughs> Interesting, Frankie. I um, don't totally, I remember bits and pieces of how I felt at the beginning of season three, but I, I gotta say, I don't remember being disappointed. I was, so it was hard because I felt like season two ended just so stupid and you're like, this like, Oh God. But there weren't that many shows for us to watch. So of course you're going to come back and watch it, even though you're like, not as ex- it wasn't as exciting as the end of season one sure. where like Holy oh shit. shit yeah so when we come back into this season my favorite storyline was the andy and pacey storyline yeah and the first episode like they don't even mention andy's name one time one time the whole episode mm-hmm. so you're like what is happening you know and like it starts off super weird you know yeah and i didn't really like and i definitely felt super awkward about pace or about um joey throwing herself at dawson because yeah. you're like that just wouldn't happen it doesn't really make sense yeah. for the storytelling either you know so you're like what is happening you know and then you're like well maybe the second episode will get good and then pacey and andy fucking break up yeah yeah <laughs> and i'm like devastated and yeah. i just didn't really care about the eve storyline i thought i always thought she was funny like because it's funny yeah. but like it just didn't really make sense why she'd be so obsessed with Dawson you know like it doesn't really make sense mm-hmm. so I definitely agree that you're kind of like what is happening like you know for the storytelling as I watched it you know in 1999 mm-hmm. but like again you're like we just didn't have that much media for us then so it was all we had yeah yeah I mean I remember like being excited that it was coming back I mean it was yeah. our junior year so you know, I was, I had really hard classes and I was like very, I had a lot going on with school um, in junior year. And so I think like I had less time to kind of like really sit with it and watch it and obsess over it. Like I had with the first two seasons where I had like less going on, um, particularly academically. Um, and also, you know, at a certain point in junior year, like I got my driver's license and then yeah. you start, you know, so it's like, yeah, yeah. it's like, but that was not until December. So, um, so, you know, I think I was like, I was so excited about the show coming back. I don't know that I had like disappointment about the show coming back, but I definitely recall when I remember season three getting very, very good. Yeah. yeah, So like, I think it was like, I wasn't disappointed, but there was a turning point where I was like, oh shit, this is good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like there's definitely like, you know, and I know Frankie's seen the whole show, so he knows what we're talking about, but there's definitely moments where I remember in 1999 and 2000 being like, 
holy shit yeah oh my god yeah and at that point I couldn't imagine not like watching it every week you know whereas yeah. this one you're like eh, like maybe I'll catch it later or something like that you know yeah and I, I think like I, I mean we talked um off mic a little bit to Gina about this um just telling her our backstory with the show that like when we were watching it in 1999 TiVo didn't wasn't invented. I, I mean, yeah. I used to, I used to tape it on a VHS tape. Um, yeah, I was trying to like, we had the proto one of that and I was trying to remember when we got it. Cause I, I don't remember, but I know I had it when I was in high school. Oh no, no, no. I, I had a, I had a little TV in my room that had a VHS player attached mm-hmm. to it. Um, and so I could like set the timer to record. So a lot of times right. if I was going to be gone, I would like, it would record my shows and then I would just tape over them. Like it was, it was, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. not the time when I actually taped all the Dawson's Creek episodes and we had them. Yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. just my, like my tape that taped my weekly shows. And then I watched them when I got a chance. Um, but, um, so, so I, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I think that like, of course I watched it every week and, you know, I think there were times when I like the show would end and I would be like, meh, okay, that's what happened. And there were times yeah. when the show would end and I would be like, holy shit. Um, yeah. and so, you know, I think, I think we're on episode six right now. I think maybe in three episodes, uh, we will hit uh, one of the episodes that I, <laughs> I remember having a very visceral yeah. reaction to like, holy shit, this is good. Um, yeah, and I yeah. really do think that that's when this season really like, not that there aren't good parts of the season previously, but like that it starts firing on all cylinders. Um, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it starts getting really good on all levels. So totally. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, and then also we did have someone email us and say that she grew up 40 minutes from the Cape and she didn't get central air to the 2000s. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Thank you yeah, so much. Who? Her name. Yeah. Get her name. Yeah. Katie. 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 Oh, my God. You, like, are saving us. <laughs> Our dumb Californians from knowing. <laughs> thank you uh, yeah so thank you for that thank you thank you for your question yeah thanks frankie and, um thank you for your email katie uh we might ask you some more cape i know as we move on <laughs> all right thanks for listening you can follow us on instagram and twitter at dawson's critique you can email us dawson's critique at gmail.com you can Follow my Fensta at Aaron.Hensley. Uh, we want to shout out our boy Killia for making our theme song. You can follow him on Instagram at GoFreakingCrazy. You can pre-order our book wherever you get your books. Um, I Remember Everything, Life Lessons from Dawson's Creek. Um, we have some links in our bio. Please like us, subscribe, uh, write a review wherever it is you get your podcasts. It helps us when you do that. And thank you to those of you who already have. We would like to thank, as always, Andrew Bush, who just texted me the other day and we told him how much we missed him because we <laughs> no. do. Um, someday, someday. Uh, you can follow me on my Instagram and Twitter at Pesty1079. Rare Bird books can be found online at rarebirdlit.com or on social media at rarebirdlit. This has been a Rare Bird production. I don't want to wait.